to this. In this corner with Brian Campbell returns with the pro wrestling edition as we prepare that syringe until it's runneth over, brother, with the one and only untraceable, unmistakable performance enhancing audio, the Brian Campbell. In fact, the voice that you hear, the name that's on the marquee, and just in case you're wondering, I'm never afraid to tell you exactly which country I'll be working from this Friday morning. God bless America. And speaking of that S show, yes, I said it. We've got you covered this week with all the highs and lows of sports entertainment, including a detailed breakdown of a fantastic WWE Evolution card on Sunday night. And we will preview the card and all the negative fallout from WWE deciding that status quo was the best way to go for Friday's crown jewel event emanating from the nation of domination, Saudi Arabia. See, Vince... It's really, really not that hard to say. Just say it. Just say it. Saudi Arabia. Apologize, you son of a bitch. All right, all right, all right. Enough enough of that. Enough of that. We will also F around and debate a few things. Maybe get a triple-double. I don't know. Get excited about the revolution, you know? Maybe go all in on some stuff. I'm all in. Are you all in, Brian? Oh, come on. Oh, come, oh, come on, on Brandy. Come on, Brandy. You know where I stand on that one. Wow. Whoa, whoa. Wrong button, but, but well-timed right there. Uh, yeah, that's what I got. But before I welcome in my co-host, that man, I want to remind you, some of you have done a great job in supporting this audio revolution and giving us those five stars that really matter, hitting us with the review, understanding how this business works, knowing that it's all about the five. It's all about the five. But for all the rest of you. Get it done. All right, step up. You love this show? Tell some people about it, all right? See something, say something, all that. Give us that breakdown. Hey, you want to hear hear a guest on this show? Say it in the description, whatever you want to do. Just get out there and give back for what you have received. But now it's time to welcome in the man who sits across from this virtual desk that we're looking at each other from by the magic of Skype. He's my co-host. You know him well. If I can only find the button fast enough, here it is. Say hello. To the bad guy. Oh, yeah. Really nothing else to say about this guy. He's the Silver King, Adam Silverstein. Hey, now. BC, what are you wearing right now? Because we have to discuss this. You are inside your house, taping in this corner, and you are wearing a North Face jacket. I see a minimum of three layers. (laughs) I don't, you're you're not outdoors in Alaska ice fishing. What is going on right now? Well, in Connecticut this week, uh, it's only 54 right now, so maybe I'm being a little extreme, but in Connecticut this week, it's been dipping down low. It was 29 degrees last night, and in my basement office, in which I do have a bed with 30 bed sheets, by the way, not in Brooklyn, but just to lay that out, uh, this is where I record the In This Corner, and there's no heat. There is no heat. Wonder okay. why Christmas missed okay. us, right? There is no okay. heat in this room, and I can't find the heater in the garage as of yet because I'm still getting the air conditioners out of the windows because I'm behind on life. So that's that story. Okay, no, no, that makes sense. So I'm in sunny South Florida, as everyone knows. We don't have to deal, A, with basements, B, with – see, it looks like you have a finished basement, though. I like, do. The I walls do. look nice. The ceiling looks nice. So how do you not have heat? Someone did not put heat in this uh, in this extra bed. Is that person's name Brian Campbell? No, 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 no. I bought I bought the house, uh, you know, finished product here. But uh, do you yeah. think it might be smart, considering it's so cold there for the vast majority of the year, to invest in heat for the basement? 
Well, it's a small room, so the space heaters that I use in the winter do get the job done. But yes, if I, my okay. next contract in 2019 for CBS Sports, when BC jumps back on the ship, if we can really ante it up a little bit to uh, to get me some heat down here, that would not be a bad <laughs> move. All right, Silver King, we have so much to get into from WWE this week and beyond. Things that were smart from that company, things that were not smart, and Speaking of that great divide between good and bad decisions, we know that if you are not on board with the revolution and you don't speak things like all in an NJPW and you only drink what WWE's giving you each week, that's not smart. You know what I'm saying? You know what else is not smart? Making the lottery the centerpiece of your retirement plan. Not smart. There are also job sites out there that will send you tons of the wrong resumes to sort through. Also, not smart. But Silver King, you fashion yourself a genius, and you've taught me about something that is smart. Going to ZipRecruiter.com slash corner to hire the right person. Woo, woo, woo. You know it, bro. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. It's powerful matching technology, scans thousands of resumes, identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job. And guess what? It actively invites them to apply, so you get qualified candidates fast. That's why ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the United States, and that rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot.com with over 1,000 reviews. And right now, listeners to the In This Corner podcast, you know it. You can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash corner. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash corner. You know it's coming one more time, BC. <laughs> ZipRecruiter.com slash corner. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Yes. Going to Saudi Arabia, not smart. But we will get into that more. The business is behind us. Uh, shout out, quick shout out coming off of this WWE Evolution card. You did not see that on the screen, but fine listener Adam X. Parsons, one of our most uh, fortuitous, gratuitous, uh, what's the word, viciparate? What's the Feverant. word? Yeah, all those above DM yeah. Slider. He's a master at the DM Slider. He fashions himself a comedian on the rise. He took his wife and daughter to Evolution, which is a cool story in itself. And he had his daughter hold up a sign that said, give me four hot minutes. And brother, that's what I am talking about. And the great lineage of listeners that includes Tristan Adelano, Omar Al-Rashid. I think we got to add Adam X. Parsons to the Mount Rushmore, along with disgraced, hated, Bob Backlund at Talkbacks, but we're not allowed to talk about Talkbox anymore because Adam is in a feud with him. But Adam X Parsons, he's on our list. He's good. You can talk about him all you want. I, I haven't seen a word that this guy said in months uh, or in weeks, I guess. Um, but no, uh, I thought that sign was incredible. Um, it really, you want to talk about like a feel spot. I got a feel spot a moment before evolution. I like, I was jazzed up by that. I was like, man, this is really cool. And his daughter was really cute holding the sign too. It's good that he's not holding it because he's surely not going to get on TV. Maybe there's at least an opportunity that she does. Didn't happen to see the sign, but that's besides the point. The fans got to see the sign in the arena, and that's what we appreciate. Yeah, Triple H made sure we didn't see the sign, which was probably good in case anybody brought go back to the kitchen signs. Not a good idea. Do not go that <laughs> direction or you know, stay out of Saudi Arabia. That would have been a nice sign as well because except yes. for Renee Young, they all will. But, Adam, we need to start the show the right way, and we can only do that by beginning with the main event. This is the so this is rare, BC, and it's your choice. You can indulge me or you cannot. But I kind of want to offer a mea culpa off the top of the show. 
Wow. Without, wow, I don't think this has ever happened before. What is no, this? No, it's never happened before. And unlike UBC, there's no written statement here. I don't need prepared words. This is coming off the dome. So you know, I know, listeners know, coming into Evolution, I was excited, right? I, was, I really wanted this show to succeed, and we'll get into how it did beyond my wildest expectations. But I still gave one key criticism to Evolution leading into the show. I thought the build was an absolute failure. In large part, and I said it two weeks ago, I, I denounced the, the build, trashed is a better word, the build, um, because I thought that not having Sasha Banks, Bailey, Asuka, and some of the women actually responsible for the evolution, not having them in featured singles matches was a huge mistake by WWE. Well, I'm going to tell you this. As pessimistic as I was about that, by the time this show ended and you saw the progression from start to finish, how it was built, how the matches went down, I could not have been more wrong. Declaring that it was a failure in that respect, in the evolution aspect, before it even started was a mistake on my part. Mea culpa on that. BC, Wow. do you accept it? Wow. Take the L and admit you're wrong, because you sound ridiculous. BC, maybe he's wrong. I'll accept that. Wow, is this a, a, a new Silver King? Are you turning over new leaves for the fall season? This is no new leaf. I admit that when I'm wrong, I'm just wrong so unfrequently. Oh, wow. So infrequently, if I can get my verbiage correct, so infrequently that you don't have to hear these things very often because they don't happen. But BC, what I was right about, what you were right about, what we all were right about as wrestling fans was evolution was necessary. We're glad it happened. And maybe exceeding our expectations, this thing delivered, did it not? Yeah, it was a fantastic card. And I almost, okay, I want to I wanna say this about the, the, the female side of it, the women's angle. Yes, it was necessary. Yes, it was great that WWE was able to, even though we get annoyed at how much Stephanie will pat herself on the back, even though right. she was pat, kind of at fault for the for the lack of a women's evolution, uh, for all the people, all the women that have crossed over the two generations, the Mickey James type people, it was great to see them have that. It actually was great to see the end of it on the stage where they all joined for one, as one for the picture. There was some great photo ops backstage. All that stuff was great. But this show was so good for reasons that almost had nothing to do with women, that I don't want to take the spotlight right. away from them. I don't want to rip right. it back from them. But I almost enjoyed this show more for what I think it might and could say about the future of WWE's pay-per-views and how it presents itself. That, again, I want to give the women the praise. But there was part of this show coming in that I had a bad taste in my mouth because of Saudi Arabia. Because we will not see women competing on Friday, it felt to a lot of people, and me included, like WWE rushed this show out to make themselves look good. So that while the negative headlines are out there about Saudi, they could jump ahead of those and say, well, hold on, check us out right now. We're doing women's stuff right now. This is great. And I'm not going to take that away from them. They had their moment, but even separate from the women, Adam, this show was absolutely brilliant. It was a callback to some of the things we loved about the way NXT women were initially booked and presented just a few years ago, and that sometimes WWE proper can get right on the main roster, and it flowed well, and... I didn't love the first half of it. There were a lot of people already saying halfway through, this show is amazing. I had some issues. Maybe I didn't like the legend spots as much as hmm. others. But it took us home huge. And top to bottom, this show was brilliant. And I think it had so much to do, more to do with the look, feel, and Triple H-ness of the show, which means there was a lot of production elements 
from the guardrails on the side to the dimmed crowd to the bare bones look of the white ropes and all that and lack of a giant titantron that felt a lot more like a combination of a glorious house show with a NXT card with a little bit of how the 80s used to look. And yeah, we don't know for sure what's going on behind the scenes. You hear reports that Vince was there running it from Gorilla. I'm not even wanting to address that. I'm just saying I know from being a fan that there's a lot of Triple H in that show on Sunday night, and I think that could be the template for what matters in the future. Monday and Tuesday nights or Monday and Friday nights can be all about goofiness and hard cam looks and selling, but we want pay-per-views to be special and be about what happens in that ring. And tell me if I'm wrong. Sunday night, separate from the women having their moment, it was all about the story, the wrestling, and what happened in that damn ring. And that's why it was a home run. Yeah, it, it was a perfect show. And I don't mean perfect, meaning like it was an A-plus five out of five. Because it wasn't, you know, some of those early matches could have been better. There could have been different matches. Nitpicking, basically. But in terms of what I wanted from an entertainment standpoint, from a WWE pay-per-view special event, whatever you want to call it, um, it was it delivered every single thing you want. It had entertainment, it had comedy, it had athletic, high-quality, five-star wrestling, and it had big names that draw you into the show, especially in the main event with Ronda Rousey and Nikki Bella. Um, But everything you said is really spot on because this wasn't good for a women's show. This was good for a WWE pay-per-view. BC, like, I'm not trying to be hyperbolic. I think it's the best pay-per-view non-takeover since WrestleMania. And I don't think that's a stretch even. No, Hell in a fair. Cell was really good. But if you told me, if you asked me like start to finish, which show did you like more? Which did, maybe not even which did you like more? Which did you have less complaints about? It would be this. I mean, it, it delivered. It was lean. That's key. It had that it was lean. leanness it was lean. to it. And I mean, it ended at 1025 p.m., which was great, by the way. It never drew you out too much where you're complaining. The matches were compact but good. They gave the right amount of minutes to the matches that deserved it. And well, you're going to hate... With one exception. With yeah, one exception. Certainly, certainly. With one exception, certainly, with the uh, with the May Young final. No question. We'll get to that. But you're going to hate this because you're going to overthink that I'm making a larger point than I am. But I'll say this. Do you know what we loved about All In in September? The fact that the show felt like it had everything and something for everybody. And that's essentially right. what you want out of pay-per-view. It had comedy. It had nostalgia. It had legends. It had, you know, real wrestling. It had Lucha Libres. It had everything possible. This card felt more to me like all-in than anything I've seen on WWE ever. And I'm not saying that they're completely trying to copy it, but there's obviously something going on in the indies and the revolution that WWE with NXT has already been taking samples from, and this felt a lot like that. This was not a main roster pay-per-view. Repeat that, let it get into your brain. This was hopefully what the future of what WWE could look like. So I agree and disagree. So I do agree it was close to all-in and similar. There's no question. There are a million similarities that you could draw. I don't think it was a response to it, and I don't think that it had any impact on it being this way. When every takeover we've ever seen is this way. So, like, you, you can't really say that. WWE, Without the comedy. NXT does not do comedy. You have to admit that. Well, yeah, but there wasn't really comedy. There were fun, nostalgic spots. Right, I mean, there was they the, didn't like, have... the Battle Royal had fun pops. They don't do fun pops the next. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, sometimes they do. Not, yeah, not to that level. Uh, yeah. 
But 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 all in was comedy. This was nostalgia fun, which is a little bit different, and it's also different, totally different audiences, vastly different audiences. You're not seeing 17 blown up penises or vaginas walking out on stage either. You know, like that's not going to happen. So I, I, there's merit to what you're saying, but I think a larger point is that you're right. This was not a WWE pay per view, and when I tuned in, my initial reaction was snark. It was, are you kidding me? WWE is going to make us think this is a pay-per-view and not give us a real set, not give us the real ringside barriers, the LED posts, the LED boards. Not that I love those things, just that it felt second class in the first five minutes of me seeing it. It didn't take very long for me to realize, well, the production elements being down, which I always want them and beg them to do, and when I say down, I mean lessened a little bit in terms of cost is preferable. We know this. That's what we like from NXT. When you and I went to NXT New Orleans, they didn't have anything on the Titantron. It was black. Just said they four. just had the logo. Oh, no. Where, where was there a four? Was that at uh, Brooklyn? Brooklyn. That, yeah, 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 that looked cool, that. too. It was it was all black with a big white four, yeah. And, and, and the evolution was just a color. It may have been blue. I don't know. But it was one color with the logo. It was the same concept. And whether this is a direction they go for some of their non-major pay-per-views whether this is the direction they go for, some reports are out there that WWE is going to start airing house shows on the WWE Network, Starcade and the like, really big shows like the MSG shows, and use this set, a lower cost production. I mean, this is attractive at, visually. It's visually attractive. It's It makes it feel more athletic and more real. If this is a direction WWE goes for SmackDown when it goes on Fox, toning down the set, keeping the crowd dark and focusing on the action in the ring – these are things that you and I have wanted forever, and I'll tell you the biggest thing that no one really talks about, the camera work was different. Yeah. There weren't the jerking motions and, and seizure-inducing cuts that we get from Kevin Dunn every single week on Raw That's SmackDown on pay-per-views. It, it, this, it, it was it so much better. like a Vince production whatsoever, and I'd love, as everyone else would, to know the real backstage dynamics. Was this a Trish and Steph... Trish. Was it a Trips and Steph idea <laughs> and Vince was there to monitor but just let it happen? We don't really know although Pro Wrestling, she and, and some others are saying no, Vince was there, he was giving signals but man did it feel different, it felt refreshing and when you dim the crowd out of the matches like they do on NXT TakeOvers, do you know what happens? It makes it all about the product so as much as I wanted to see our boy Adam X Parsons get our sign on the air like our guy Tristan did during WrestleMania weekend when it becomes more about the fans, especially when they don't like something, obviously, because they're getting themselves over with their signs, their chants, their beach balls. And again, there's uh, look, I like and I like and don't like parts of those things. But when you make it all about the wrestling, you can get hotness. Do you know how hot that crowd was from the opening match from the second Trish and Lita came out there? It was like, we're ready for this. We want this. And I know, look, it's there's. Part of it is the evolution thing. Part of it is let's celebrate this and, and show WWE they were right. But how much do you think that was because they took the fans' face out of it? Well, that's the thing. By darkening the crowd, you're almost putting more attention on the crowd because it, it, they need their vocals to shine through as opposed to their mannerisms and the beach balls and all this other crap that we hate. And if we're, listen, if we're talking Attitude Era and you're going to have legitimately 20,000 signs at a Raw, I'm down because that spectacle is incredible. When they used to you know, go through the crowd and, and just behind Austin when he came out, that stuff's incredible. But if you're not going to have that and you're going to have like 50 sparse signs 
and everyone kind of sitting down looking at their phones. Let's not forget, cell phones actually do play a big role in how the audiences act now. They t- they're sitting there taping it. They're not going to cheer and go crazy. If you take all that out and you darken them and you mic up the crowd, which they did, which they don't always do at Raws and SmackDowns, they mic'd up the floor seats. Okay, you could tell, you could hear it. It made all the difference. That production was, like, I'm not going to say it's top notch because it's toned down, but if they put a little bit more behind it, just jazzed it up a tad in terms of if you like the LED posts or if you want that set maybe just to be raised a little bit so there's an entrance ramp, minor little things. It's as perfect as WWE can present a product. I know, and it's funny because you had the same emotion I did, like everybody else did when we first saw it. We were like, "Wow, WWE cares that little about the women right, that they're going right. to give a house show setup." And then in the end, you realize it's simple and brilliant. And then you get me starting to tweet, which I tweet and say all the time: "Let Trips book the damn territory." Which territory? All of them. All right. Let his era begin because this is how I want WWE to taste and feel. And I said it earlier, if Monday and Tuesday is all vivacious and let's sell Cheez-Its and all this other stuff, that's fine. But can you make pay-per-views matter and feel special? Sunday night mattered in ways that maybe it shouldn't have. You know what I mean? Like it just, it felt way more special than than even the whole element of, of the first women's pay-per-view. And by the way, Vince being at Gorilla, which I believe, I have no reason to doubt these reports, right? That doesn't mean he booked the show, and it doesn't mean that he didn't say to Paul, hey, you know, put your fingers all over this. Like, like that's a bad turn of oh, phrase. Wow. Um, wow. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> hold, on, hold on one second. Just whip it out and give it to me. All right, all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that doesn't mean he didn't say to Paul, like, this is your production. Like, put this together the way you envision it, but I'm going to still run the show when it's all said and done. So – That very well may have happened because you're not going to convince me. You just will not convince me that Vince McMahon said, hey, let's give Becky and Charlotte the time to put on what I will call later when we talk about it, a five star classic women's street fight type of match. uh, Last woman standing match that went on. I don't even have the time. I'll look it up. Had to have been over 30 minutes. That was a long 40. Oh, really? Well, still, that's a 30 minute match. match, It's long for WWE. Yeah, it's long for WWE. No, but your um, point is, you're telling me Vince is gonna, it's gonna be his idea not to do a Titan Tron, his idea not to have those barriers around the ring. No, heck no. No, no LED boards promoting crowns like cr- promoting crown jewel as often as they can. Luckily, they only did it one time, and that was a huge failure. But it, it just, it, Vince may have been involved, and Vince may have, may still have it as we talked about last week. You know, with Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins, and he may still not be as washed as we think he is, and he may not be as bad as we think he is when it comes to production and all these other things. But you cannot tell me that that was not heavily influenced or produced by Triple H because oh, it had definitely. to have been. And we have audio actually of Triple H and Vince having an argument about it beforehand. That makes me sick in my stomach. Every time I look at you guys, it makes me sick to think what you did to me, holding me back. You guys talk about being students of the game. I am the game jr wow wow so that's how he took the control that's how he took the steering wheel let's hear and see more of that trips come on be the game be the damn game don't throw out glow sticks on Monday night raw but besides that trips be the damn game come on let's do it for sure and i do want to get in this it deserves a instant analysis-esque breakdown of the card in my opinion just briefly talking about the matches as we see fit bc so i'm going to go through them a little bit with you 
I want to start off Trish and Lita, Mickey James, and Alicia Fox. I'll kind of just go briefly first on this. Give me four hot minutes and get out of here, please. Like, that was the one that needed to be four hot minutes. It went 11. It was too long. Alicia Fox being in that match really ruined it for me. I just didn't care. I didn't care about any of it. They were there. This sounds really bad. Can I say it? Lita's washed. I I mean, this was just, I don't want this match. I don't want this match. Get it off my screen. All right. I'm sorry. Yeah. It just, it didn't. If Bliss had been in it, Storyline wise, and the way the match went, it might have been better. But there was no but just, story to make us care. They should have been in the Battle Royal. Let's be honest. And the problem with this is we just had the first ever Women's Royal Rumble, which was the moment to get all these people back in the ring. Now it was a little gratuitous. Sorry. Well, but the other thing is they could have had Trish and Lita in it in the pay per view as a tag team. Had they done the tag team title tournament, yes. And they, then they could have put over a Bailey or, or, and a Sasha. They could have done that. They could have been the finals on one side, wrestled on a couple Raws, Bailey and Sasha are the other side, and they beat them and they put them over, and then it's like, wow, it's it's a cha- passing of the of the torch type of moment. Exactly. You, now, you said passing of the torch. Do you know where, where I would want Trish back as? I would want a build up to a feud with whoever's the champion and do that type of passing of the torch thing. Like all of these women's legends, if they can still go, then let's get them in a story that matters. So this exactly. was this was part of why I didn't love the the, the beginning of it. But that's Yes, fine. but but still but but for me aside from that match going on a little bit too long, um there was at least merit in that it got the crowd excited because they saw the legends that they know and the adults were excited along with the kids and then it kind of progressed. You would notice as we move on to the 20 woman battle royal uh, and I do have an issue with how that finished. But you'll notice that they allowed the women to be on one side, the, the, the legends to be on one side, the newer, younger women to be on the other side. And I thought it was a well-booked affair. But, but my point being, they transitioned from the legends you know to a mix of them, a huge mix of them with 20 women. And then they kind of just cut it off. Uh, unless you want to consider Nikki Bella one, which I don't. Um, they cut it off and said, okay, now we're moving forward afterward. But I did enjoy the Battle Royal, for the most part. I enjoyed the second half of it. I thought it was really well booked when they got down to the stars of today. And that's what I was worried that they would do, have it be a, you know, a big slop fest. And I thought the first half was just, I know they're trying to get moments. But I, I, again, it was just a little bit too much. At that point in the show, I'm like, showcase the current ones. This is about the growth of women. So give me a hot, you know, NXT 2015 women's type of match. Eventually, we did get that, but at this point in the show, I wasn't that happy, but that way they booked the close of that, I was all in on completely. I love the the standoff between Tamina and Nia. I love the the uh, Ember Moon Asuka standoff that really got the NXT chance going, and I thought it was a smart move to have Ember and Nia in there at the end. And look, they had the, the, the late run-in from Zelina Vega, which is a, a trick we've seen before in Royal Rumbles and in Battle Royals, but I thought everything about it was really well done. Well, the, also the homage to Roman Reigns with Tamina and Nia, you know, screaming and doing oh, the, yeah. wow, the, that, the homage that was really to, cool. To WrestleMania too, with with uh, Andre the Giant picking up Neidhart and th- or picking up Brett and yeah. throwing him into Neidhart, which happened. By the way, WrestleMania two, one of the three of one of the three venues for WrestleMania two <laughs> was the Nassau Coliseum. So there's a little bit of a tie in there, but to present Nia as Andre in that spot was really cool to see. That was very very cool. I do think though that. So the the spot I loved the most, which I think maybe slightly lost on some people, is you had the Asuka Ember Moon thing again. You heard the NXT chants, which was great. They haven't really told that story on WWE television main roster because they haven't been on the same brand yet. But don't forget, Asuka eliminated Ember Moon from the Royal Rumble, continuing their feud. Ember got the opportunity to eliminate Asuka from the Battle Royal. So this is still going on between these two. And the fact that they had that callback, I loved. What I didn't love 
is I thought that's how the match should have ended with Ember Moon going over BC because you heard the crowd and I was it was unexpected to me. That cr- Ember Moon, I think, got the second biggest pop of the night behind Becky Lynch. It was incredible. I, did, I didn't feel that. I didn't hear Ryan, or feel that. Ryan, you, you, you have to watch it back. They were going insane for Ember Moon. Really? It was I'm, crazy. I'm very yes. surprised by that. I'd have to go back and check that. Uh, I don't think it was bad booking because the winner of but this— But Nia has to win again. Well, let's say it like this. They, they put something on. at stake in this battle royal to make it feel like it mattered, a future title shot. You're gonna. I want. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I want to see Nia in a title shot more than I want to see Ember Moon. I think Ember Moon's a fine main roster women's wrestler. I don't think she's a talent level, a title talent level at this well, point. Well, first of all, we've already seen Nia in the title shot, and we've seen her against. And they rushed Rousey. it, and that's WWE's fault. And I don't know. I I thought it was fine. Look, look, look. look who's going to be Nia? Rousey match, the the, the Nia Rousey match was good, and I'm okay with getting it again. No question about it. And and it's not even for two months, so we have time. We're we're going to see something way better coming up first which we'll talk about. But still, I think Ember Moon is 100% capable of being in the title picture. Um, And it just goes to show that as far as Raw is concerned, they really only are interested in putting over Rousey and Nia Jax. And everyone else on that show, be it Banks and and Becky, or be it Ember Moon or anyone else, is just second tier as far as they're concerned. And that's why we need women's tag team titles. Okay, moving on, the finals of the May Young Classic that you did not watch, and hopefully this will spurn you on to actually watch it. Tony Storm defeated Io Shirai in 10:20 BC. This match should have been twice as long. You know it. I know it. The fans know it. It was fire. They are incredible. Yeah, it had giant and, potential. I, I almost wonder if they they knew it could potentially outshine the main roster. So they're like, let's maybe. give it a little little pocket to be good, and then let's rush out with flowers and a trophy and and hug everybody. But yeah, it could have been longer. And both really shine. Both really showed you that if 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 they wanted this pay per view, which again they had their moment to celebrate the past. They certainly had their moment to celebrate the present with that Becky Charlotte match. But if they wanted to show you what the future could look like, oh, wow, bring this future on. And I know you want me to watch that Mae Young really bad, and I get a lot of DMs about it. But I'm kind of on the fence because of this. Are you going to say right now that 2018 Mae Young Classic was as good or better than 2016 Cruiserweight Classic? Because if you're saying yes, I don't know if I can watch it. Because I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can. I, that, that's putting, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if I can so go there. the champion, sh- the, this being the final Definitely took it down a peg because of the time and we didn't get the final match that we got. But, man, it's close. Like, I can't say that every first-round match was as good as the Cruiserweight Classic first-round matches. But when you get to, like, the quarterfinals and the semifinals, it's on par and individual match-wise, one of them may have been better than one of the the matches from that. BC, it's... like I'm not, I'm not no, exaggerating. No, on I'm, par feels like a leap, though. Like it's I, not, it's not. Like Brian, last year's May Young was pretty good. It was pretty good. This, yeah, this is five times better than last year's May Young. And this main event that you saw, if you liked this, this was maybe the seventh best match in the May Young Classic. I, I, one of the best WWE matches of the year is in the May Young Classic, and three of the top seven women's matches of the year are in the May Young Classic, and Maybe even the three of the top five. Like, BC, it... I'm t- All right, look. Yeah, look. but did it have a moment like this? I mean, did you feel that? Did you feel <laughs> well, you don't, that? Well, it didn't have that moment because you don't have Mauro Ronaldo being, like, a total G on the call. Um, but there are two f- matches 
in the Mae Young Classic between the quarters and the semifinals where that emotion is the same. Just you don't have Morrow. You don't have Morrow on the call. Is there you have to watch it. You, uh, do this. Do this. Do this. I'll give you two matches. You watch those. You like it, and you watch the rest. All right, I'll, I'll try it. But uh, you know, everyone, every fan has to draw a line of how much is too much, and they're giving us a lot of content these days. And uh, the other fight sports are heating up. And my line sort of ends with like, I'll check in on NXT each week, but that's about it. Well, that's absurd. When I mean, NXT... I know you and Talkbox love the the mixed match classic or whatever, but that's fine. That, well, I don't. I don't can... love the mixed match. I'm entertained by it. It's something I watch in the background, but it's it's not bad. This is. Great. I just I feel like it's almost blasphemy to put it on the same level as the Cruiser on, Classic. It's on, on WWE par. doesn't even know how good that thing actually was. They don't even know what they had in that. Yeah, that's fair. It's on. I'm, I'm not saying it's better. I'm saying it's on par. That's how good it was. It really is. It's on par. All right, we have more to talk about. Uh, let's talk about the six woman tag team match. Win thirteen uh, ten. I thought they could have given five uh, match five minutes out of this into the other match, but Sasha Bailey and Natalia beat the Riot Squad. So the match as a whole, BC. Whatever. Did not didn't really do much for me. The two things I liked. One, they actually had real tag team wrestling where like they isolated Bailey for a while and they almost teased like, hey, we can do tag team wrestling with women. So I did like that. And the yeah, finish but, I thought. But, but just to pause you on that, they've been doing that on Raw for like four months though. So Yes, but not like, to this level. That's why I'm just groaning. Like I didn't even hate this match. You know, it was it was decent, but I feel like I've seen this a hundred times. And why is Natty involved in there's all these shout outs with like elbow drops and and then they did those same moves on Monday night. And it's just like, OK, well, for, wait, all right. Hold on. First of all, you're telling me you didn't like the finish. I, look, again, I like this match, but, but I guess my point is it, it didn't take us anywhere further. It's the same thing we've seen on. Raw. And that was my and, and that was kind of my issue with them doing this in the Battle Royal in the first place. But, man, I was at the, the final 45 seconds of that match. Like you got the power bomb from Natty, you got the Macho Man elbow drop from Bailey. And you got the homage to Eddie Guerrero from Sasha Banks. That's great, man. Like, that's cool. It's fine. It's fine. Wow. Total no sell. All right. Uh, NXT Women's, I thought it was great. And just since we're not going to talk about it, the match on Raw I thought was a ton of fun. I thought that was awesome. Oh, no. That was so gratuitous. That match. It was great. I let, it. it was almost like they looked at the Monday Night Raw rundown and they're like, oh, it's all about Saudi. We need. We have to at least recognize that we did Evolution last night. Oh, let's just take like f- set. No, let's take 10 different people from that card and put them in the same match. Yeah, with, but the faces no, have to all do, do each other's we'll moves. Do is we'll just do all the same spots we did the night before over again and we'll let it go like three segments and uh, it'll chew up a ton of time. No, I'm not for that match. First I'm of not. all, first of all, they didn't do all the same spots but it was cool because they did they did the elbow drop all over again they did the heart attack all over again it was they like, did those but they also they had trish doing sasha's move they had bailey doing lita's move like it was fun all right so here's my point on that okay and tell it me was if I'm fun wrong. we just I talked about this. i hate match- this stuff as much as you do but that all right but fun. listen to this we just talked about two matches on that card that we didn't necessarily love didn't love the trish and lita didn't love the six women tag match so why not do what you did with the 10 women tag match on sunday night when you should have done it don't do it twice yeah, in should've. a row yeah, they should have. You're right. Yeah. That that those matches should have been together as a ten woman, whatever, or something else. But again, it, it was good. It was good. It wasn't bad. That's the key. It wasn't bad. That's what's important. All right. NXT Women's Championship. We saw Shayna Baszler defeat Kyrie Sane via submission, technical submission, I to be technical. Um, and we also saw BC, in addition to what I thought was a great match, we saw the four horsewomen, or at least three quarters of them really joined to de- together in this NXT spear here. What did you think of the finish to the match? 
Were you okay with it, given the context of the show? Um, and did you think the title change was the right move? Everything. Everything was great. Everything. This is really a fun rivalry when you consider this goes back to the May Young Classic final of last year through Shayna winning the title off of uh, Ember Moon and then Kyrie Sane taking it right off Shayna at the next or two takeovers later. I mean, this has been a really fun story that they're telling. I thought Shayna, again, is absolutely unique and fantastic. And now giving her the muscle of the MMA women's four horsewomen. Marina Shaffer, Marina Shaffer, and Jessamine Duke. I thought the t- their timing was great. I loved everything about this. This was good business, and it was quick, and it was impactful. I'm in. I'm in. I want to see. By the way, what they, they, they put over? They put so this is a legit question. They put over Shayna Baszler as a pioneer of women's MMA. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, damn right it's true. She was fighting back when uh, when nobody was. I mean, she was fighting early 2000s women's MMA when that wasn't even a thing. I mean, people look at the uh, Gina Carano strike a uh, strike force fight against Cyborg that was uh, what about 2008. That was the first time people thought you can put women in a main event and people would care. And it did giant numbers on Showtime because Karana was hot and she had the American Gladiators deal coming up and her dad played the NFL. And it was, you know, she was wanting yeah. to be an actor and, it, and you had the perfect villain and Cyborg who, of course, smashed her and ended her career. But the point was, like, that was 2008. Uh, Shayna started fighting at a time where, like, I don't even know if they were getting paid to be on these cards. Like, she just wanted to – there was no opponents available. There was, like, no. But was she no. – but was she – she may not have been great compared to women's MMA now, but for that time, was she one of the better fighters? Yeah, yeah. But by the time it blew right. up, uh, unfortunately for her, so she debuted in 2003. And by the time women's MMA really blew up, it was really toward the end of her career. So she didn't make her UFC debut, for example, until 2014 and only ended up having two fights there. She did fight in Strike Force in 2008 and 9 while that cyborg stuff was going on. She just never was an elite MMA fighter. She was always, though pretty damn good and she was very very early in the game on that gotcha okay so that makes sense I, I thought this was great um for me Kyrie Sane having the title does nothing it just it she doesn't need it it doesn't really matter that she has it she's not really threatening just size wise and I'm not saying that anyone her size can't have a title but it just doesn't it, it would have made no sense for her to retain against Baszler let alone beat the beating her the first time made sense retaining didn't um so in that respect, I almost wish that she didn't need the four horsewomen to help her. But I do like that they're going somewhere with the angle. And certainly they booked it extremely well. And it kind of came out of nowhere where they didn't get involved the rest of the fight. And all of a sudden it was boom, boom, boom. And then what? Baszler tapped her out. It was great. Yeah, and I think they accomplished two things. They accomplished introducing, reiterating that Shayna is such a badass that she's not afraid to cheat in introducing her teammates, but at the same time, letting that finish be so damaging that she choked her out. I mean, so you kind of right. got You got everybody over that you needed to. And I agree with everything else you said. And they, and, and they also established Baszler, Baszler as the leader where, in my opinion, if Rousey does join them for a match at some point and they do the whole four horsewomen, I think Baszler will be the leader of that group. And Rousey will just be like the star, if that makes sense, the silent star. Like, she doesn't have to be – she'll be the forefront name, obviously, but Baszler was the one that brought the women up and along. Well, you have to remember, like, The Rock like the Rock was in the star of this, was the star of the Nation of Domination, but Farouk was the leader. So she's like the Farouk. Yeah, I'd better say it as Rousey's the flair of the four horsemen, and Baszler will be the Arn Anderson, be the, uh, the, the muscle, the spiritual leader, the, the sort of, you know, the – But I think she'd be the talker also is what I'm saying. I disagree, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Okay, we'll get, to we'll that. get there. Before we get to that, later, at some point, a separate show, BC, Becky Lynch, 
Charlotte Flair, last woman standing, hit the siren. Wow. wow. I think it took two minutes into the match for me to know that it was going to be special. Yeah. Uh, this set new standards in what's possible for violence and physicality in a women's match. Where, where Charlotte and, and Sasha tried that at Hell in a Cell 2016 in the midst of their all-time great feud, and it was an all-time great feud. And I still love that Hell in a Cell match. Some people had problems with it. That's fine, whatever. I thought it was great. I think this was like night and day compared to that match. This was yep. beautiful. Beautiful. Now, a match like this is hard to become a match of the year type contender, typically, because it's not the same ebbs and flow. It's spot heavy. It's it's there's a lot of just brutality and one person beating the other one. And there's no near falls, although you can turn that 10 count, of course, into a almost almost a near fall feeling at times with the count. But look, I thought it was creative. And I thought they either really, really hurt each other or did an insanely good job selling how bad that they were really hurting each other. That it like never got too gratuitous, but each spot really felt like, oh my God, they're going to be sore. Oh my God, this is the worst I've ever seen a woman take a bump. Oh my God, like it just kept getting better and better. And the intensity from both was just absolutely insane. Did you see Charlotte's thigh? No. It's black. Wow. wow. Her entire, Her entire like... Hip bone to knee is black on one of her thighs. It's it's incredible. Um, so I don't watch like Joshi, right? I know there's people that watch stardom and all this Japanese women's wrestling. I watch WWE women's wrestling, okay? It's only so much time and there's only so much exposure. Um, and even coming out of the Mae Young Classic and coming out of NXT, where we've seen some incredible women's matches, Sasha Bailey being really the main one in Brooklyn. Um, and, and the Mae Young Classic with Martinez, uh, you know, just this past year. This might have been, I'm not going to say the best women's match I've ever seen. The most entertaining, most fun, and greatest women's match I've ever seen. In terms of entertaining me and what I wanted. What expectation versus reality and how much it delivered. So yeah. Bailey Sasha, I was like, man, this better be a really good match at Brooklyn. Right? This I was like... I hope this is a good match. So it's hard. <laughs> and it was a great match. See, there's different categories. There's classic matches, and then this is essentially a weapons match. So I find it hard to elevate See, this. I thought there was high-quality wrestling in it, too, though. I mean, there was, but I find it hard in theory to elevate this above the best traditional women's matches I've ever seen. I think this is in the conversation of, of the greatest WWE women's matches they've ever presented. I think it's just slightly better than that Nikki Cross Asuka last woman standing match from NXT that was insanely good as well. This had more fireworks, had more sort of options in making it better, different setting, better crowd, all that stuff. But I'm still going to slightly prefer a classic women's match. And we've seen some great ones from from that first bit from the the uh, Brooklyn Sasha and Bailey one you mentioned through even uh, Asuka. What was it? Was it Asuka Ember Moon from earlier this year? That one that I couldn't get enough of. Was that Mania weekend? The Mania Asuka Ember Moon. Or was that last Maybe. year? The the la the last Oscar Baszler had... Baszler was in the Mania match. All right, so it might it have been last might have been before that. Yeah, yeah. it was the uh, the Oscar Ember Moon one was the first time since the you know Sasha Charlotte rivalry on the main roster that I was like, oh my god, that might be the best women's match I've ever seen. And I slightly prefer a classic match too. That's just me. But look, I'm not taking anything away from this match. This was as close to five star 
uh, perfection as you can actually get in a women's match. And while it wasn't nearly as brutal as, let's say, something like the very famous Roddy Roddy Piper-Greg Valentine match, the dog collar match from the first Starcade card in 83. Did you just call him, did you just call him Greg Valentine? It's possible. John Valentine okay. for the Red Sox. Is that a callback? Um, <laughs> you call him Valentine. It's certainly not even remotely as brutal as that. But there were like feels that are similar to that, where the, in that match, Valentin and Piper <laughs> were like literally willing to kill each other for the sake of putting forth an insanely great match and, and bust each other's eardrums and Roddy's ears just dripping. And I felt like I saw elements of that in Becky and Charlotte that was like, no matter what it takes. And before this match, Adam, we had seen before a women's tables match, a women's Hell in the Cell. We'd seen some women's matches. Uh, didn't we see a, a a cage match recently? A Hell in a Cell women's, did we see? Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm sorry. No, I th- uh, not Hell in a Cell. Did we see a, a chamber with women? Was there a chamber with women this year? I think there was. Whatever. My, or we saw the ladder match. We're seeing a lot of women's matches. And while they've been well-booked, they haven't been overly and insanely violent to the point where you're like, they are selling out. There's a spot here and there. But I felt this one was two wrestlers that just convinced each other that for the sake of the art form and elevating it to another higher level and to say, this is the first women's pay-per-view, we want this pay-per-view to be remembered for this match and this performance. They were willing to do whatever it took, and that's the first time I've seen that in a WWE women's match. I'm sure in Japan you've seen it a million times again like you. You know, I don't hear that. I don't so hear Jimmy Trish, Trish, Trish and Lita did do that, you know, a decade ago when they had their moment in the sun. But again, not even to this no. talent wise, not even to this level. Right. This like if you had if you looked at WWE evolution in the dictionary, you, this matches the picture like this is it was the definition of what the show was supposed to be about. And we already knew the show was good before this. This made the show otherworldly. It made it great. It made it close to perfect perfect would have been this being in the main event and the end of it being becky lynch walking off with the belt the oh almost called it a belt the title you know held high um that that would have been perfect but it was great i'm not gonna say like like we mentioned earlier it's not maybe the best women's wrestling match i've ever seen sadomora martinez in the may young classic and sadomora tony storm in the may young classic both probably better from a technical standpoint but there was enough in-ring wrestling and there was enough surprises, just being surprised that they went to that level. I didn't actually think Charlotte was going to get up after the announcer table shot. I thought that was the end of the match. And it kind of should have been. And, and look, you criticized me for criticizing Mike Chioda. Not his best match. Okay, well, there was a lot. It's Chioda, first of all. Chioda. So I criticized you for that too. Uh, but I'm just not saying as, not that, his best match. that was like, that was that was like getting served uh, the kind of steak that we talk about on this show, and then being like, you know, this fork is not is not clean enough. At that point, I'm just eating the steak. I, all right. You know what? That's 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 a perfect analogy. I wanted a better fork in that match. And this is a guy, by the way, top five ever referee in in the United States, Definitely. right? So I'm not I'm not crapping on him, but like Charlotte's knees were down and he stopped his count. And uh, it took him 45 seconds to start the next count when all the chairs were on. That's not fully his fault, though. He's dealing with the with the women getting in the I timing, under, too. Fine, but he's the face of it, and it. I didn't love that. Um, I also thought when we – and this is why the match was so good. So it, we don't need to go spot by spot, but everything that happened in the ring was great. When when Becky when, – when Charlotte stood up and Becky lost her mind, you're like, wow, she's taking this heel stuff to another level. Then she piles all the chairs on top of Charlotte. And you're like, okay, well, she'll, she'll probably get out of it because every time that 
this spot exists with Braun Strowman or Brock Lesnar, the person always gets out of it. She does, and she lets that primal scream out, and then my heart kind of dropped. I was like, Charlotte's going to win. I was like, I can't believe this. They're really doing all of this to put Charlotte yes. over, to make her the biggest badass Roman Reigns. She was going to get a Cena win. That would have been a Cena win all the a way. Full, and- a full, the scene, you know, it's, it's not, it wasn't Roman Reigns. It would have been John Cena. And I was like, I was somewhat disgusted. I was like, you know what? I was already thinking, formulating what I was going to say on the show. Like, you know what? It doesn't take away from the match that she won. It was still great, but come on. So that, and that, then they swore of us again. If Charlotte had won, that would have been one of the, look, okay, overall, if you, you think it's a five-star match, that's fine. I think it's close. I wouldn't say five-star because I just think there's higher you can go. It was so amazing. I'm fine saying it's 4.75. There is higher you can go, and five-star is not the top of the range. That's true. Go ahead. But my point on that is by having the right person win, I feel like it's eligible to be five-star match because everything from the story, everything was perfect, and to have Becky walk off at a point where there's nobody executing on a higher level right now in the entire world. I'm not trying to say, like, you said Seth Rollins was better at Kenny Omega at that time. She's not better than Kenny Omega, but no one's executing their swag and coolness and character at a higher level right now than Bex. And, man, that was the right person to put over at the right time when I didn't think they would do it. Wow. And this whole I'm the man thing, this is just it's so awesome. Her social media game right now is on another friggin' level. It's it's extremely strong. Her interview level, which was always very good, but now that she's able to have this edge in her interviews, both kayfabe and non-kayfabe, I'm talking like with media too. Fantastic. There was an interview. It, what's that show busted open on Sirius XM, right? Yeah. Mark Henry's on that. Mark Henry interviewed her on that show. It's one of the best wrestling interviews I've heard in a little while. And it doesn't get deep. And, and almost all of it's kayfabe, but it's just so good, and she's so herself in her character. And the finish to this match was exactly correct. It, it's, I mean, think it's like, she's going to lose, but she still figures out a way, and it's brutal. She brutalized Charlotte. That's yeah. how that had to finish. Uh, and it's, I mean, her character as a heel is so perfect. She's so perfect for that character. It's like yep. both, both coming together at once. It's like this was the perfect time. And I know there's this movement, this hashtag Silver King didn't hedge. Silver Hedge didn't hedge. Oh, you I saw did, that tweet and, when we started our show today, didn't you? And yeah. I, what is it? Uh, yeah, this is our guy, uh, Hart Martin, at the Hart Martin, coming out with the hashtag Silver King never hedge. And I've seen a few of those DMs. And I think people are misunderstanding the, the, uh, the point of that argument, but about the whole idea of you 30 seconds let's get 30 seconds and let's get off it go ahead all right you said you had the tweet after she came out on smackdown after the heel turn and 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 Correct. came out at the fans and my whole point on that was that yes in hindsight that was wrong for them to do that but you were acting like that was the worst decision they ever made when I knew she was going to be so good as a heel that I was willing to step back and see what happened because WWE had to double down at that point that she was a heel. Did they ultimately choose the wrong like verbiage? Yes, but they had to double down that there was no miscommunication, that she wasn't a Robin Hood face who's finally getting back at a person who was getting her wrong. They had to punch you in the face and say that she's a heel, and you acted in that moment like that was the worst booking decision but in the history of the company. There was no proof in that moment. Okay, and this don't forget, this was coming out of her not winning the title, right? There was no proof in that moment that they were going to change direction. The the what it looked like was that they were going to try to shove her hating fans down our throats when we knew it just wasn't realistic. So me saying this is horrible, all I had to respond to 
was what I saw on my TV in that moment. I didn't know what the next week was going to be. And BC, I sent you a couple clips. People tweeted at me and a little bit at you. In multiple interviews this week, Becky Lynch has come out and said, that was horrible. That was, you know, in some ways she says it kayfabe. I don't know what I was thinking. But in other ways, she said, that was horrible. I don't know why we did that. And we moved on the next week and now it's worked. What so, I said so, was correct. So maybe it's not a hedge, but I guess my point was that it was like the sky was falling when in reality, even with her delivering that, those words they gave her, she was still awesome. And this had potential to be the best version of her ever. And what did we want from her? A push, a chance to do something special and not just be the babyface best friend left at the altar. We were right. getting that and you were ready to, in some other of our listeners, ready to jump Brian, in and be like, that's the worst thing I've ever seen. No, could, let it play out. Let it, This is going to be awesome. You could have her feud with like Natty's cat and it would, and she'd be awesome. There's no question that Becky is awesome in whatever they would give her to do. It seemed when she attacked Charlotte, we loved it on that Sunday. Two days later, I was like, well, I wonder how much of a heel she's going to be, right? They made it the worst incarnation of her being a heel because it wasn't real. It didn't make any sense. They have since fixed that and good for them. And by the way, and, and we'll move on to the rest of this evolution. Um, WWE is still editing video packages. I don't know if you noticed it, uh, but we leading into the match, they took out all of the cheers for her and inserted boos and like all of her promos leading against Charlotte leading into the match. So they're still trying to make her like a super duper heel. Um, but at least she's not acting that way. And those aren't the lines that she is being given BC. Let's wrap up evolution coming out of this match. The thought in my mind, you tell me what the thought in your mind was. I was like, Holy crap, they made a massive mistake. There is no way Ronda Rousey and Nikki Bella can follow that up. Did you have the same thought? I, I had the, the latter. I thought there was no way that they could follow it, and, and it was a testament to the, to the girls and the ladies, the women, in the co-main event, if you will. But I didn't think it was the wrong decision. I still think it was the right decision because – they lead corporately. They lead financially. The financial strongest move here was to have Ronda Rousey and and Nikki Bella, the star of your giant spinoff reality franchise, against each other. Star power versus star power. That was the right move. What obviously surprised a lot of us was how great this match was. <laughs> I mean, this is basically a, a, a B-plus, border, B borderline A-minus match, and it was because Nikki absolutely rose to a new level. I always said that. She, I As did Ronda. Well, Ronda has already proven that on the highest level and at the pay-per-views, she's she can do things that are special. She can really she gets she gets better every month. With it, she has an you know she has an intensity to her moves. She has things that are just incredible. Nikki was always solid, always the best of the Divas era, always a decent player in this new era of great women's wrestlers. And I, I mean, she she stepped it up. And the story that they told, the commitment to the story, this is a really really good match, and it actually. It didn't overshadow, of course, Becky and Charlotte, and nothing would have. But I think it actually took away all of the disappointment that they didn't get to go last because I loved this match. I thought the booking was right. I thought Bree's timing and performance outside as a heel was great. This was great business top to bottom. It shocked me. You know, I, I thought it was going to be good because Nikki doesn't get enough credit for how good she is in the ring. She's not great. I'm not, I'm not putting her on the level of... Becky or Charlotte or anything, but she's very, very capable, and she's a, she's a good wrestler, um, especially the latter half of her career, way more than the first half. Um, and we know what Ronda brings to the table. What I thought was great was Ronda's selling because she made it seem that not only was Nikki powerful enough to affect her, but 
they as a team, the Bellas, were outsmarting her and fooling her cons- consistently for the two-thirds of that match, basically. Ronda, the reason that match was so good is the same reason her match with Nia Jax was so good. Ronda is able to sell, and it shocks me that someone, a neophyte like her, is able to sell at a veteran level. And you may not like some things that she does. She gets her up you know, on her shoulders, are you ready? Which almost sounds like she's actually asking her in real life, not in you know wrestling, in kayfabe. Um, you may not like that. You may think the arm drags are too violent. She's going to hurt someone. It does seem like she did something to Bliss that caused her an injury. That's going to happen. Um, but her moveset expands every week. Her matches get better and better every time we see her. Nikki, it was probably Nikki's best match of her career. And I give her credit for, not, not that she wasn't going to do the job, but I give her credit for doing the job the way she did, tapping out um, Brie for taking a massive bump. Like, Brie took the biggest bump of the entire match on that double judo throw. Like, she flew off, like, stomach first and nailed the canvas. Uh, I, I was shocked that that match was as good as it was, and I was shocked that I came out of the pay-per-view saying, I'm okay with that main event. Yeah. Damn right. It was a victor. All right, we're going to be three hours on the show if we don't We are. Coming it. out of this, a couple of really quick things here. Uh, they have already announced that Su- Survivor Series will be Raw versus SmackDown, BC, Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch. What else could the Silver King want out of a pay-per-view? I hope that's, this main events. That's such a good decision. And there's a lot of times that they, if there's a couple decisions on the board, and one of those is the ultimate smart fan dream decision, and then there's one next to it that's just a smart business decision, they're going to go in the smart business decision route. Or maybe not smart business, but like to slow play whatever they have planned for mania. And for all we know, they can still be doing that. But the fact that they're going into this is such a gift. It's such a gift. And Becky's going to be incredible. And I hope she absolutely eviscerates and destroys Ronda in storyline even more than the Bellas did in a whole different way. This yeah. has the potential to be amazing. And it's only smart to do armbar against armbar. It really is. Because that's been Becky's finisher for a long time. Let's do it. Let's not go away from and that. She, Let's do it. And she claims hers is better because she gets more torque on it. And she does two joints at once. Um, there's no match that they could have made for this show that would have gotten me more excited. The, my, I think my favorite two performers in WWE are Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch. That's cr- like some, if you told me that a year ago, that they'd be two women, not that I don't like women's wrestling, but if you told me my two favorites, my number one and number two would be Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch, I would have called you crazy. This is the exact Brock Lesnar, AJ Styles match from last year in terms of, you know, the, the potential build for it and, you know, real wrestler versus MMA performer joining WWE, although Brock's obviously been there for an exceedingly long time. Um, I I could not be more excited. I do legitimately hope it main events and I hope it gets a good 20 minutes on the show. It deserves it. No, no question about it. See, I find it hard to like Ronda that much. We all have our favorites, but I think that the look still gets to me and just her, her, they fix the look. I don't know if you come from the MMA journalism background and you've dealt with her and you see how she is in these public interviews, like I had a mania. It's just hard to like, like, I respect her as a wrestler a ton. Her matches are really good. She's evolving at a great pace. But it's hard to really like or love her. And I, and I, I know I'm not alone because she has a lot of haters. I'm not a hater. I just would love if they changed the look up a little bit. And i love maybe if she would do more things publicly that would make her be likable. Like, not publicly support Saudi Arabia. We'll get to that. But great choice, WWE. Let's roll on. Let's get her. Oh, in closing, on SD Live. 
Paige asked Charlotte to be the Survivor Series captain for the blue brand. She turned it down. What's going on here? Where are we going with this? Oh, good piece of business. Uh, not confident in herself. You know, uh, just lost a match of her career. You could make the argument. I thought it was great. I, I That was perfect. Right. Good job by Paige, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, again, I don't love Paige in this role. I never really loved Paige, but she's doing well. She's doing well. How do you not like Paige in this role? I don't she's, know. I don't know what I don't great. like about Paige. I cheer for her as a person, of course, to get to get on the straight and narrow. But, uh, but yeah, all right, she's winning me over lately. I'll give no, her Paige that. is doing it. Stop. That's blasphemy. Paige is doing a great job. Okay. BC, second part of the main event here. Obviously, we need to get into this. WWE made the controversial decision to keep its event in Saudi Arabia. I'll say it because they won't. Blood Money in the Sand, Money in the Sand 2, Crown Jewel, whatever you want to call it. It's going down Friday at noon. Um, we will have a preview for it later in the show just because we're a wrestling show and we're going to talk about the matches. And the preview will but, last four hot minutes. Yeah, it, that, the preview will be four hot minutes. I can guarantee that. But let's talk about really the news that's going down from the show. And we'll start with John Cena. Well, well, and... well, pause right there. Pause right there. We, we, you know, this, this news came out after our show last week, so we didn't yes. even really get to respond to this. So let's just respond to this for a second of their decision. The last few weeks when we had talked about this, look, I was on, I was honest. I said, look, it's a bad idea right now to be there, but they got so much money involved. Yes. It's a business at this point. They need to just accept the bad PR, put out a statement and go forward with the damn show. But I have to say that take I gave was before the turning point late last week when the Saudi Arabian government basically admitted that the death of that journalist was premeditated, that they basically showing their cards that they tried to cover it up and that this was they they murdered the guy. They murdered a journalist who wrote critical stuff about them like that's American, the bottom an line. American citizen, an American citizen who drove. Who I'm wrote, sorry. I'm sorry. American resident. I think yeah. American resident, yeah, uh, uh, native of Saudi Arabia who wrote negative stuff. We had, you know, what do you have a column with The Washington Post? And yep. and that was a turning point, just like. Look, it's sort of like this in in the modern times right now when there's a a, a scandal or something bad go, that that's happening. And it, it mirrors something going on in real life. If you get caught doing that, you're probably going to lose your job from your company because the negative PR out there is so bad that your company, ha even if they think that, that that offense may be not be fireable, Adam, sometimes you're still going to get fired just because of the culture and the headlines. And right now with the culture and the headlines, once Saudi Arabia admitted that, WWE had to get out, in my opinion. They had to get out. All those other companies pulled out of that conference in Saudi Arabia. You know, a lot of billionaire investors are pulling out of, of business with Saudi Arabia. I felt at that point, WWE was down to two options. Get out and save face and eat the money and just save your reputation. Or, Adam, if they were no matter what going to go through with it, they had to have reasoning and they had to, I don't, know if they, I don't know if they need to call a press conference, but they had to step up and talk about it. And you know what they did instead? They put out that earnings report that basically said, look, we can't pull out because this is a bad business decision for our future stocks and all of that. And then on that conference call, Vince and everybody else just dodged questions left and right. And that was a massive fail that rightfully so put a bad taste in so many people's mouths, and especially people that protect WWE and, and stand up for them at every turn. And I know everybody's coming out here and, and tweeting at me like crazy saying, Campbell, are you stupid? Have you not watched WWE through the years? Don't you see the characters Vince and Shane play on TV? Do you not understand that this is them in real life? I do. But in the political climate, with everything else going on, that was a fail not to pull out. And if they were going to stand firm, then they needed to answer questions, Adam. And they answered nothing. 
They just gave the money excuse and were out of there. And coming out this week, like last week, and not even mentioning Saudi Arabia, came out like a sore thumb joke. And for us to exit Sunday night with such a great taste in our mouth about the women's revolution and evolution and the future of pay-per-views and to come back Monday and Tuesday and have it be all about this side, tired, sad-ass show with all this, like, no matter what, we're cashing them checks, baby. Like, I I could not care less about Friday's show. I'm not going to watch it live. I don't want to watch it live. I barely want to give you a four-minute hot preview. I'm not trying to stand on some soapbox and be some all, you know, all good guy because I'm the guy telling you two weeks ago they should go through with it. But... Enough has happened that they can't defend it anymore because by going through with it, WWE essentially says we are linked with the Saudi government for for better or worse. And when they put out those promotional videos in April at the first Money in the Sand that talked up what a great country this was, when you don't at least put out a statement that addresses what happened, which they did not do. They did not explain their relationship. They did nothing. They said it was about money and they're sticking with it. It's an embarrassment. So everyone that's mad has a right to be mad because just like if you stand by somebody who committed a heinous crime, that crime kind of gets washed on you to a certain degree. It's just the way it works. Yeah. Um, I don't have much of a reply because my sentiments exactly. That's the best way I can put it. I will say that I'm disappointed. Um, at the same time, I'm not surprised. It is the expectation that I had was that the event would continue. It's the expectation that we had last week on the show when we discussed it. And I already ripped them two weeks ago, and you did too. And, you know, for those that, look, we weren't looking for praise on it, but I got a lot of really nice tweets coming out of that Crown Jewel episode where, you know, people really understood what we were saying and agreed with us. So I... Yeah, but that was pre that that turn. No, I no, really felt course, that was a course. turning point. That was a monster no, turning point. No, 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 but I, I mean, I ripped them though. I mean, I, I ripped them and, and the government, really, too, for not stepping in. And the truth is, and I'll say it again, the show should not be happening because the United States government should not be allowing it to happen. Aside from them not having a sack, okay, and aside from them not saying, hey, wh- why don't we eat $4 million in potential profit or whatever total loss money, all of that should happen. But it shouldn't have even gotten to that point. They shouldn't be allowed to go over there in the first place, period, okay? So because they're going over there, even though I hate everything that happened in the earnings release and, and the, st- the lack of a statement, the lack of a press conference, z- taking zero responsibility for anything. They're doing this in the only way that they can from a production standpoint. The best case scenario, it's a bad case, but the best of a bad case scenario is do not mention Saudi Arabia when you do the show on Friday. Do not... E- I mean, if you want to say live from Saudi Arabia on the first... It's a joke. This is on the a first joke. card, you do it if you but have think to. Think about what you're saying. This but is you a tr- joke. Listen to me. But you try not to do it. You don't mention it while you're there. And you do not, under any circumstances, add a single air, a single piece of that propaganda oh, from we'll Money in the Sand 1. If they do that, I mean, people are just... I will turn it. it. I will yes. turn it off. Yes. We will not cover it any further. I am done. I am speaking for you. But I will not watch the remainder well, I, of the show. I kind of feel like, Adam, we should almost be there now. And, and I know, again, to some people, we it's should like, be. guys, it's pro wrestling. But, you know, it, there's, there's standards, guys. There are standards in life, okay? And, and did I expect any different from Vince McMahon? No. But it's a different playing field now. You're the head of a billionaire publicly traded company. And what's the difference between 
oil comp- American oil companies to get their oil from you. The difference is they're not putting out propaganda videos. That's the difference. Yeah. They're not patting themselves on the back about a women's revolution and then having these cards where women are not allowed. And I'm sorry, it does not cover your back that Renee Young has been added potentially to the announce team if Pro Wrestling Sheet report and Wrestling Observer's report is true. That doesn't do anything. That doesn't fix a damn thing. And, I, and I've, tried to get, I've, try, I've tried to get confirmation on that and been unable to. So I'm almost wondering if it's just supposed to be a surprise on the broadcast or something. But they have not confirmed it. Uh, no one I've spoken to has been able to, to do that. But that um, was bad enough, Adam. You have to admit, take away the killing of a journalist. It was almost bad <laughs> enough, the women's thing. Imagine, but imagine, wait, wait. Take away the killing well, of a journalist. As ridiculous as that That's sounds. That's how crazy yes. it is. Yeah, I know. But, but this, just, know. this doubles and triples down even what we said last week. I already knew the journalist died last week, but to have them come out and just admit it, yeah, it was premeditated killing, and no one cares. It's just like, are you serious right now? Yeah. WWE, get it together. Everyone's like, oh, the, the, the contract. Don't you understand how much millions they would have lost? Yes, you eat the money. That's what happens. You get egg on your face. You chose to do this. You chose to go down this road. You have to pay the, the, the price for doing that. That's how it works. Absolutely. But but to, to finish very quickly, my point is this is not a line. I'm not trying to make it sound like there's a line. We have a job to, right? We, we cover the big events. We, we, we'll do this one with as little fanfare as we possibly can. But, if, but it's a weird line to draw. But there's a difference between a room filled with crap and someone throwing crap at me in my face. If they air a propaganda video or say anything to that end on this broadcast, I will turn it off. I do, will not care about the results. I will not look them up. I will be done with blood money in the sand. It's not... I, I can already not stomach it, and I'm going to hate watching it on, on Friday. We're really doing it for you guys, the listeners and, and our readers. But I won't be able to do it if they try to sell me that this is some progressive country or some other bullshit. And it makes me violently ill to my stomach. Wow. Uh, so, hey, shout out, by the way, to John Cena and Daniel Bryan for reportedly taking a stand. What we know is that they are not going to be on Friday's card. You saw those changes on Raw and SmackDown. And again, I got tweets coming at me. Are you that dumb, Campbell? Cena's doing it to protect his image. I don't care what the hell he's doing Of course he is. It's a PR move. Right. Well, that's fine. It's the right PR move. That's right. (laughs) It's the damn right PR move. (laughs) So everybody else out there, are you kidding me? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Debbie Downer to Monday Night. Like, are you kidding me? Yes, it's the right move, and he had the sack to do it because he's protecting his own brand. I'm like, it makes me disgusted. I'd say I'm happy to see you, but I'm disgusted by your whole face. I mean, come on. Uh, you know what I found somewhat interesting? Uh, I don't know. Is he Marine vet? Navy vet? Lashley is okay to go over there? Really? Yeah, I, I have a lot of problems. That really surprised me. I'm very surprised that mo- that the locker room didn't band together. And I, now I know, look, it's what are they going to do? And look, everyone's going to turn the finger and say, ultimately. what if your boss was sending you? I, I know we all have our own. Yeah, we all have our own choices to make in light of our own job uh, security. I totally get that. Believe me, I get that. It's not easy. You got to point the fingers at the top. This is a down, very low moment for WWE. This is this is a different type of download than Katie Vick. I mean, this is a, just a bad decision. This might be their, it might be their lowest moment. And the fact that even though it's getting criticized to extremely high levels, it's still not as criticized as it probably should be. It's really crazy, but look, we've lambasted them. Let's briefly 
talk the wrestling aspect of, of the changes that have gone down. John Cena's off this card. They got Lashley in this World Cup. And how'd they justify I mean, it on the air? They didn't. All they said was well, the guy okay. who never qualified for the tournament. Like, I gotta be honest. On. I gotta be honest. I kinda like that. So no. I, I kinda no. liked Baron Corbin just being like, who John Cena? F him, you're in. It was kind of fun. I, I did like that. That's from a, from a, down. That's from that, a writing. But that's WWE saying not only did these guys do this and they're not team players, but then we're going to throw them under the bus on the air. From a writing standpoint, I just it gave me a little chuckle, the John Cena part. Uh, then on SmackDown, we have Daniel Bryan, who obviously was going to be in the WWE Championship match against AJ Styles. They gave us that match in three or four segments on free TV. Them on screen lasted 48 minutes. Opening the show, almost half of the entire show. You ready for a hot take? I hated it. Hated it. Was it a good match? But, yes. But I want that match at, like, WrestleMania, okay? I want that match at of SummerSlam. Of course you do. Okay, but you know what I don't want it? Rushed without advertisement to save face for the damn money in the sand, too. That's so the principle about it. I hated it. And you know what I hated even more? That it was like they punished Daniel Bryan for his decision. That it was like they're going to – I don't know. I'm no, not, they didn't punish him for his decision. Dude, I'm not convinced right now – that the, the lengths that they went to hurt his leg under storyline, that they're not writing him out for a while. I'm no, not convinced. No, Brian, they hurt his leg in storyline so he could tap out and it wouldn't look bad for him. It was a, it was a reason for him to tap. I can see your argument on there, but I got the other side of it. Oh, I you're wrong feel, about this. I got we'll a feeling like, like, like they're lucky they signed him to a new contract. Now they can do what they want with him. Cause Brian, I, I, I want to see... T- I want to see if, if he's going to get pulled from future plans to fight Miz at, at Mania. I mean, like, I'm Brian, really looking forward Brian, to this. Brian, he will be on TV next week. He'll be at Survivor Series. You're going to confidently say that about Vince Yes. It's my, I mean, I'm, listen, I'm not reporting it. I'm guessing. But, yes. It was, to sell the, it was to sell the calf crusher so he could tap out and it wouldn't make him look bad that he lost a title match. You don't want Daniel Bryan to lose in that fashion. My guess is they were going to have Miz interfere at, money, at Blood Money in the Sand. So because they didn't have that out, they wanted to give a finish to the match. I guess they could have had Samoa Joe interfere. But if they had Samoa Joe interfere in the match, that sets up a triple threat. So they needed Brian to lose the match, not have a a call for another rematch, and set up a new match for Blood Money in the Sand. I think they did that successfully. The only thing that was weird, obviously, is that Samoa Joe, since he lost to AJ Styles in their second or third match, whatever it was, hasn't been on TV the last five weeks, just shows up. Does it gets a title shot again? I, I love it. Even though he's lost hope, every title shot, he gets to show up and get it. I yeah. hope. I hope they give Samoa Joe the title. They won't because AJ Styles is apparently like six days away from a full year as champion. Um, but like best re- of a bad scenario for them, I guess. I, I respect know. that Daniel Bryan was not willing to fly to Saudi Arabia. I wonder if he's willing to fly to Japan. <laughs> well, he's under contract because so I'm ready. I'm ready for him. I'm ready for okay. him to just just. Okay, Brian. Okay, I feel that. I'm, I'm ready to feel that. I'm ready. To, I am absolutely ready to feel all of that. Not a little bit of it. I want I want it. I want all of that. I know what you've got in your pants. No, 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 not that one. Not that one. Um, all right. Uh, so that happened. That's great. Um, I don't want to talk about Saudi Arabia anymore. Uh, let's see. Uh, Ronda Rousey believes that we should uh, embrace Saudi Arabia, Adam. You see her comments at TMZ? I didn't, but I think she said something along the lines of like they're trying to do good there and blah, blah, blah. Right. Is yeah, that correct? It's a, that's, that's, that's company jargon. And I know she referenced, you know, she befriended a Iraqi wrestler when she was in the Olympics or something like that. I didn't read the full, you know. And then Tommy Dreamer's coming out on Facebook 
bringing up the WCW show in North Korea, bringing up the 9-11 SmackDown show, saying how Vince has a history of uniting people, closing with thank you, Vince. I don't I don't want I don't want that. No, it's that that's all crap. What I'm going to read instead is something that literally broke five minutes before we got on the show. And this is the one thing we have not discussed with blood and money in the sand. And hit that DM sound for me. So we got two tweets immediately before we started. First, at Sean P underscore McD. Please tell me you guys will discuss this apparent Hogan crown jewel news on the pod. This is becoming more and more unwatchable. And as you mentioned earlier, at the Hart Martin, Hogan at Blood Money in the Sand, at B Campbell, at Silverstein Adam, at In This Corner. Hey guys, is this a company heel turn or what? They already hashtag, turned. <laughs> hashtag Silver King never hedged. I now have a new favorite Twitter follower. Um, so it, it, what's been reported isn't really a report as much as WWE.com on its website now has Hulk Hogan underneath the page for Crown Jewel. Um, and this is a page that was this just recently updated, just recently updated to remove Daniel Bryan and remove John Cena. So it's not like he's accidentally this there. Is just doubling down like we're already in the damn puddle. So let's just piss in it. Like, are you it's, kidding me? It's leading people to believe like, that Hogan will be what, there. What, Roddy Piper with blackface wasn't available? Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> well, no, he's he, he was not available. I, I, well, I'm sure they asked for him. I'm sure the damn Sultan asked for him. <laughs> Probably did. Um, God. You know something, I, brother? I, I, You're so, crossing the line right now into some real dangerous territory. No, we're not crossing. We're in it. And this is not a heel yeah. turn. The whole company's been heel. This is a heel company. This is ridiculous. But, I, I mean, you understand, like, you understand why this is happening. Hogan. Well, right? Hogan's probably uh, to, to appease the Sultan or whoever's the, the head Correct. of this operation. But to do this now, and look, it was going to be a touchy situation no matter what to bring back Hogan. But to do it like this, are you kidding me? What the hell is wrong with these people? Like, it, it just, it has to be because they pulled Cena off. So they needed a replacement. So they're making this move. And if they don't advertise it again, we're going into this four-hour special that's going to air on WWE Network that the company's promoting, but it's not promoting where it is. It's not promoting who is and is not on the show. It's the weirdest thing ever. It really makes me wonder if what I said two weeks ago when we discussed this is what's going to come to fruition, that WWE is going to run this show, and then they're going to announce that they've canceled the last nine years of their deal. Do you think that's possible? No, because if that's the case, why would they run this show and take the bad hit? Because bad it's contracted, it's already been paid, and it and it would hurt them financially. Because it's already well, booked it into the It would already hurt court. them financially to cancel that deal because they can get sued. Not if, well, no. I mean, the assumption would be that they're like, look, we can't do this anymore with you guys. Where are they going to sue them? What court are they going to sue them in? Well, look, it's a, it's a contract. Yeah. So they can't just rip the contract up. Well, I'm sure there's clauses in the contract about unforeseen events what, if you and, kill somebody yeah yeah they're, they're, yeah then we have that's what i'm saying so so my point being is this was already paid for it was so close to the event actually happening they really and like i said they built it into their projections for the fourth quarter of 2018 they haven't i would think built these into the projections for 2019 2020 up to 2027 or whatever year so my thought is maybe they're just trying to put their head down and bum rush through this 
And maybe they will make a statement afterward. Maybe I'm giving them too much credit. You're I'm just giving them way too much credit. They're by not by having this card, they're going they're going life and death with this, and they're just going to keep trying to iron it out. And and oh my god, maybe with the is there any hope in this Hogan thing? Is there a chance that maybe he forms an all Saudi uh, heel faction and comes out and is basically like this right here is the future of wrestling. You can call this the new. World order of wrestling, brother. Maybe that's a you know I'd pop for that. I'd pop for. Well, that. this is not I'd a pop new world bullets in the air for that. It's not a new world order that I would like. I'm gonna call even though this is the in this corner with Brian Campbell podcast. I'm gonna make an executive decision here and kind of just run through this crown jewel preview. You okay with that? Wow, what's it called? The in this Campbell podcast. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. With just that. get it out. Just get it out of the way. All right. Well, wait, we wait, have this- wait. What are you talking about? The the damn the damn preview. Yeah, I say we just get it out of the way, then we'll talk other stuff for the rest of the show. What do you think? I hate this stuff. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's just let's just get it out. All right, World Cup tournament, who's going to win? It's more about who do they think the Saudi fans want to win. I really think there's a chance Kurt Angle gets help in each of these matchups from the guy who hates the guy he's wrestling. You think they want to cheer the guy who's going to be wearing an American flag? I think there's some weird Vince thinking here of like, of like, we'll offset the hate for this by having our all-American legend win. Because look, you look at these names. I think the legend that would pop the most for them is Angle. For those in attendance, Angle or Jeff Hardy, I would assume. I'd, I'd say that. You, um, you might be right, on for- Jeff Hardy. Because look, look, the point of this is that this tournament doesn't matter. The whole idea of best in the world is a friggin' joke. Nothing matters about this tournament. So that's why I was leaning Angle based on the promos they've been doing. But you're right, Hardy's the the USA part of it is kind of bad. So maybe it's Hardy. The only thing I love slightly is I don't know if it's on purpose, but they're kind of trolling Chris Jericho by calling the winner the best in the world. It's just like that's what I or, or and CM Punk, both of them. Yeah, that, that, I like that. It's kind of fun, but um, oh, you I think know we Ray missed Mister- it. I know who's going to win. It's going to be Randy Orton. He wins. At, he won the Royal Rumble a couple years ago when he should. He always wins things when you're like, I'm not really sure who's going to win here, and they just give it to the trusty veteran. Well, well, I don't think Randy Orton gets out of the first round. I think Rey Mysterio beats him in round one, and I think Rey Mysterio wins the entire uh, thing. You know, that just shows how much we shouldn't care. We can't look. There's a chance this actually could be fun to watch, but they they have no uh, no yeah nothing. It's nothing. crap. Uh, so that will take up four, six, seven matches on the card. Between those eight competitors, I'll just read them. Rollins, Lashley, Angle, Ziggler, Hardy, Miz, Mysterio, and Orton. So that's out of the way. Uh, And there's four matches left. That's it. We have the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. The Bar with Big Show. No, uh, no. Defending their newly won tag team titles against New Day. And really... Look, Bar's going to retain. Do you think New Day's going to win? No, I think New Day's going to win because I don't think it makes any sense for Big Show to be this long-term. I think Big Show being a part of this tag team was only about Crown Jewel. Only about, we haven't okay. used him in a while. He's a legend. He'll, they'll pop for a giant in Saudi, so let's get him involved in a title match. No, the, this is a new day. You know, you get another reign on the six-time champions. It's, Interesting. This, this match shouldn't be happening. I don't care. No, the match shouldn't be happening. Um, the only thing I really want to talk about is Brew Day. Yeah, well, that, I, mean, I can pop my feel spot now because that no, was... no, we'll save it. We'll save it for the feel spot. Uh, that's fine. That was great. Um, I do think the bar retains though. I, what you're saying is right though. On 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 uh, Money in the Sand one, all the faces won, and all the titles were retained. One of those has to give here. So which one is it going to be? I, I think there's going to be a retention, but we'll find out. Uh, WWE Championship, the new WWE Championship match, AJ Styles against Samoa Joe. Like I said, Styles is less than a week away from 365 yeah. days. 
a full calendar year as champion. So this kind of sucks, and it shouldn't suck. But here's the thing. There's no storyline reasoning that they should be back into this feud, that we know why they're doing it. I have no, like, well, at least it'll be a great match. No, like, I, I'm sorry. I've seen three pay-per-view matches, or four, in, like, the last six months with these guys. I'm done with this. The feud ended, guys. It's over. Unless Samoa Joe wins here, which, again, would be stupid because AJ's closing in on kind of putting Brock and Punk out of the record books, right, and put it in AJ's hands. You got to go, AJ, This unless we're going to see some type of Wendy play that, that we haven't seen yet, this sucks. Give me four hot minutes. Get me out of here. Well, let's hope Wendy and the kids are not anywhere near uh, Saudi Arabia for this Maybe show. she uh, becomes an Iraqi sympathizer with uh, with the great, uh, uh, what's his name there? Uh, my guy, my guy, uh, the damn, uh, the guy, what's his name? The guy, the, uh, the guy from Iraq. What the guy's, the guy's Muhammad name? Muhammad Hassan? No, the other guy, the uh, the guy, Sergeant Slaughter's manager in 91. You know what I'm talking about? I'm reading this book right now. What the hell's the guy's name? Adnan Al-Kelsey. Okay, Adnan LKC, General Adnan WWF. I don't think that, I don't think that's happening with Wendy. Uh, we have the vacant Universal Championship, Braun Strowman against Brock Lesnar. Is there any way Brock Lesnar wins? No, but I'm going to say this: of all the heel turns WWE is doing with Hogan and the damn <laughs> Saudi, I actually would pop if the if the title goes back on Brock and we continue what we what we thought was the idea of Brock entering the UFC octagon with the damn championship around his waist, the raw red Dude, championship. Would Dana ever let that happen? Dana wouldn't care. No, Dana, Dana would let Brock walk into the octagon. Yes, only because with the universal of the, title on. only because of the current climate, which is Vince and Dana working together. Why was Brock allowed at UFC 200 when he was going to be at SummerSlam the next month? Right? They're obviously working together. Brian, that's bringing a fake sport into a, a sport that he wants to keep away from people thinking it's fake. But people already know, dude. It's not. It's not a, like it's. It's no fine. way. You I can wear what you want to the damn cage, and then you take it off. He can wear that championship if he wants. I don't to. think. I don't know Dana. I mean, not. That, I'm not saying you know Dana, but I don't know him as well as you do. I don't know MMA as well as you do. I know he lets don't know you use his UFC music? as well as you do, but there is no way that happens. I, I'd pop for that. But look, obviously the choice here is Braun Strowman. Um, I actually kind of liked what they did on Monday Night Raw to, to, to get us ready for this. Should have closed the show absolutely over that debacle that closed the show. I actually would have had a better taste <laughs> in my mouth for this we'll show. There. But we'll uh, it wasn't a bad um, segment, I'm going to be honest with you. I like the interplay between Brock and Braun. I think Brock smiling, being really good in shape right now, the haircut, the beard, all that, everything worked. So, um, look, it's time to give Braun Strowman a chance. We've been talking about this forever. Time to put the actual strap on him. Push him as your lead baby face on that show and find out what he's going to do. Look, it may be an Ultimate Warrior thing. It may not work out in the end, right? And we got to rush Hogan back or rush Reigns back or whatever. But I'm saying it's his time. No more fooling around. The best thing you can do to launch him is a dominant win over Brock. Vince, do it. Let's find out what we have in Strowman. If it doesn't work, then seriously, let's get Rollins in there. Or when, you know what I mean? Like it's that time. Yeah. It is. And, and, by, and by the way, as much as we didn't want Brock in this match, like, thank God they actually had him in this match. Yes. Because yes. if they didn't book him for the show, it would have been a total, total disaster. Um, <laughs> I simultaneously think that Braun obviously needs to go over. He has to win. I don't think there's a choice. But that segment on Ross sucked. I mean, Braun, he's such a meathead that he doesn't know Brock is standing in the corner waiting for him, and he's fully concentrated on, on uh, Baron Corbin instead. Like, how stupid is this guy? How much of a cartoon monster are you making this guy? He's an idiot. He's a blockhead. He has one phrase. He can't speak on the mic. 
he can't speak without screaming or get these hands. He can't just speak well, normally. Because do- they've had him in pause. Dude, they've had him in pause for like eight months now. And what I mean by that, I know, he hit his I peak know. of booking and coming out of that Reigns feud. And Correct. then then he went nowhere. And they gave, they keep trying to press pause with the contract and all that stuff. Now let's see if he can just be a cool badass. Like, let's just. Let's yeah, it's just it's just I didn't like the segment on Raw at all. Um, but I don't think there's a choice. Braun has to win. I wouldn't say it has to be dominant, but it should be decisive. Okay, what's gonna be you should hit that event? running power slam twice. And the only other thing I want to say, look, I'll probably never be in as good of shape as Brock Lesnar is at his worst shape, but there is a definite difference when you see Brock Lesnar, like the way he looked Monday and the way he's going to look Friday, compared to the way he looked at uh, WrestleMania and Money in the Sand 1. Just the lacking full definition, the the extra weight. He just looks like a beast now. And then it's just like, this is just the guy who's phoning it in. Yeah, how much right? on that? He's, okay. he's, he looks like he was uh, inspired. It matters. Too. He looked like he cared. And and yeah, should he care all the time? Yes. Does he care? No. So he looked like he cared on Monday. And I was The I was way he looked at that. Hell in a Cell was like incredible. That, that was like the best he's looked since almost maybe his initial run in the company. It was, it was crazy. All right. Last match here, D-Generation X against the Washed Brothers of Destruction, Kane and The Undertaker, The Undertaker and Kane, however you want to put it. Um, I think that this entirety of this feud, which has now lasted the better part of two and a half ish months, oh, there have been, it's had its moments. No, no, it hasn't. Yes. Oh, stop. Is this the main HBK? eventing on Friday? Cause the, it sec- has to. It the has second to. I think it is or realize it is, I'm turning it off. I'm not, wa- it ha- wait, I'm not watching it, it live anyway. I'm done. I'm not doing it. It doesn't make sense. This, if it, if the, if it doesn't, if Katie Vick doesn't fit, she'll have to quit. I can't do this anymore. I totally, I actually just, just now forgot you were not watching it live. That sucks. That means the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, I did forget. Um, and for those that don't know, UFC 230 is this weekend. We have a UFC 230 podcast that was released Monday. Be sure to listen to that if you like mixed martial arts. But this this has had its moment, BC. Like HBK before Super Showdown, that was pretty cool. Taker Triple H square off, pretty cool. But ever since Super Showdown, in my opinion, this has been awful. Dude, this entire thing is awful. There was one good week of it. Out, uh, uh, as a whole, this storyline makes no sense. There's no storyline. This sucks. Everything about this sucks. The fact that they closed the show with this sucks. The fact that these guys are like, uh, that that HBK and, and Trips are like almost 50 and they're coming out with glow sticks. And look, there is a point where your gimmick can get too old for you, okay? You're, you get too old for your gimmick. Triple H as the destroyer, as the corporate dude who can rip it off and get jacked for mania, that guy's still a badass. I thought the work he did the last couple of years in the ring is some of his best work of his whole career. The patriarch of NXT, that guy's a badass. Coming back in these nostalgic roles, putting on a green neon shirt. No, it doesn't work. He sucks. This sucks. I'm so damn done with Kane in 2018 that it's ridiculous. I cannot stand Taker another day on my timeline. The ultimate thrill ride will be your last ride. I know they got a new one this week about your uh, your era and your error. Like, shut the <laughs> F up. Like, what did Silverstein say that one time? How about you guys shut the F up and let me talk for How a about minute, you okay? shut the F up and get off my TV, okay? Because this has got to be... 
This has got to be a friggin' disaster. I don't care what the damn Sultan wants. This cannot main event. This cannot close off Raw. Hey, Shawn Michaels, put on the full do-rag, because that large headband you're wearing, you're just a bald bastard. And I love you, but you (laughs) bastardizing your comeback to wrestle in a tag team match with the damn Brothers of Destruction? Stop it. Stop that crap. This sucks. I don't want to talk about this matchup. I don't care. It doesn't matter who wins. What happened on Monday night was so damn stupid. No, we're done. Don't don't respond to me. Let's get out of here. <laughs> I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm fine. All, All right. right. All right. We go <laughs> on to our next segment. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't even know if we have another segment, but we got uh, a lightning round of your favorite segment of mine. It's oh, time are we doing it for okay. hero or zero? All right, we got to go lightning round. Let's go 10 minutes or less. Let's nail this yes, thing. Yes, real, real lightning round. But before we start Hero Zero, I'm going to add one thing very quick. Oh, we wait, didn't we didn't get... finish the damn main event. I know. Who's running this to... show? <laughs> well, you you tried to go to the next segment. I was trying to get back to the main event. It's fine, BC. Oh, really quick, God. we'll include this in Hero Zero this week. We'll do a six-part Hero Zero. You'll get the no, first No, no, no. This is too good. Let's, let's hit it now. Let's hit it now. Let's close it out. It's Seth Rollins. It's Dean Ambrose. I care about this. I care. Then we're going to need the Hero Zero music again in a few minutes. We have Seth Rollins cutting a promo on Raw against Dean Ambrose, begging him to come to the ring, begging him to come out, begging him to say something. He did neither of the three. It sounds like you're amped up and you loved it. So go ahead and talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I loved it. Look, was it? Uh, they needed a proper response to last Monday, which was one of the greatest Raw segments like this decade. We talked about it. It's all-time moment that just happened right there. Big balls on Vince to play off of Roman's cancer and do that. And they did it. They needed a response that was worthy. Was this a gigantic response? No. But it definitely didn't suck. And I thought it was smart. Ultimately, it was them just kind of moving the chains to get to the next week. And I thought it was kind of brilliant. By not having Ambrose actually speak, they did kind of keep it very ambivalent, which I liked. And the reason why I liked that was because Rollins kind of said what we were all thinking. I kind of liked that in the first half of that promo, he toyed with the idea that maybe it's his fault. Because guess what? He broke up the damn shield underneath. He's a dirtbag with that skunk hair stripe he used to wear. He's a dirtbag. He's one of the better heel runs in 2015 that this company has seen. And he never kind of really repented for that. So that was brilliant to leave that in as part of it. But Ambrose not talking got Rollins more pissed off and more pissed off. And I think some people were were expecting and wanted more and they kind of missed the subtle brilliance of what actually happened. I think Ambrose is still a little bit confused. He knows he hates Seth, but the whole idea of Reigns' situation and how that factors in is mentally draining them both in both real life and in their character. And I like the crossover connection there because I was kind of asking myself, if Roman didn't get sick, what would have happened next? We know Dean eventually was going to turn heel, but what side would Roman take? Is there a way he could have taken Dean's side and been received as a heel without actually turning heel? Because the reality of the situation is Seth is the heel in reality. That's why this whole thing is kind of gray. And I love when WWE gets gray and it's not just obvious black and white. And I like where this could be headed. I want to see this be the Gargano Champa, like I mentioned, of the main roster. I think we got potential to run this all the way to Mania. Absolutely. And if we are, you got to take it slow. I like this first step we took because WWE wanted it to be all about Saudi, and they did, but this was a nice placeholder. Yeah, there should be a Mania feud. It should be a Mania match, and it should be for the Universal title by the time we get 
all the way there. And we do have plenty of time until that. Um, I loved the concept of Dean not speaking, especially because they have blood money in the sand coming up on Friday and they don't need Dean to speak because there's really no storyline to actually develop until you're going to get on the way to Survivor Series. So they, he didn't need to say anything because really it was a segment of like filler, right? Because it wasn't going to get decided at the next event because Dean's not even on the next event. So I did like that. Um, Rollins, to me as a face, I like him. He's a great wrestler, okay? I like him as a face, I like him as a heel. He is nowhere near as good on the mic as a face as he is as a heel. It's just a little bit whiny and complaining and it was overdone a little bit. Whereas as a heel, that works. As a face, it's just like, all right, man, just go up and punch him in the face. You really want to get an answer? Like, what do you, why do you keep begging him to come down? Just get up there and go do it. So it was a little, I found the, the, the segment a little bit annoying, um, but it did, it was a good piece of business, all things considered. It did move the storyline forward without having Dean get physically involved. Only other thing I'll say, I'm not going back on anything I said last week. I fully maintain that. I kind of wished that they would only make like one Roman Reigns illness slash leukemia oh, reference in in. relation to the in relation to the storyline per time they do it. They mentioned it like six times. They showed that video package on both Raw and SmackDown so I know, many times. But I'm not talking about the video package. I'm talking about this segment. They mentioned it like between Michael Cole and Seth Rollins. You know, how you're going to do this to us on the night that Roman Reigns announced he has leukemia? Like, we know what happened. That's why it was so genius. But now it's almost a little bit gratuitous to keep mentioning the night that he did it and why it was bad. We know why it was bad. I hope that moving forward, they don't have to keep reminding us. It's not... What happened Monday somewhat justified the people that thought it was distasteful last week. Somewhat, a tad. If they keep going forward with it, it'll start justifying that more. I did not believe that, and I still don't. I thought it was very well done two weeks ago, and I stand behind Vince whipping it out and doing what he did. I just don't want this to continue. It's going to put a bad taste in my mouth. What about if they they keep playing that that – Roman thing over and over. That's again. another thing, like because I don't want it to become more of like now, like you want that, to separate at some point. You got to separate Joe and Roman, and they're creating yeah. hero worship for Roman through Joe's real life story, and I don't like that. The, the week after, I'm okay with it. I loved the segment with the cancer kids sending him their own wishes. I thought that was like heartfelt. It was nice, but they cannot air that video package every week, and they can't keep referencing it. Every single week, they have to allow this guy to get better and like have his illness and and not make it look like they're trying to profit off of it, which it doesn't yet feel like they are. But if they keep airing that video package, it's going to as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay, BC, you wanted it. Let's hit it. Hero or zero. All right, this needs to be the real first true lightning round edition of Hero Zero. This show, on, this show has gone on long. BC NXT ended uh, on Wednesday, last Wednesday, with Johnny Gargano revealing himself to be the mystery attacker of Aleister Black. 
Tommaso Ciampa subsequently tweeted how proud he is, along with pictures of their DIY days, hero or zero, to whether Gargano Ciampa heel reunion might legitimately escalate this feud to greatest story ever told. Territory. Yeah, yeah, because even though I sort of uh, queried two episodes ago saying, is it going to be Gargano who's going to be revealed as the uh, as sort of the heel attacker here and we didn't see it coming? What I somehow, I stopped there. And what I mean was I had that idea in my head as could be true. I didn't necessarily escalate to the point that these two guys could, could could get DIY back together and we have no full indication that they will, although these tweets from Tommaso are, are teasing. Imagine if they come back together as a heel tag team or at least as a brotherhood who supports each other to the point where obviously then somebody's going to have to turn on the other. So we'll still get the end game, which is one damn epic match once and forever to WrestleMania end, weekend to supposedly end the feud. And then, of course, what we would want after that is like nine months to a year later, one saves the other and they become babyface tag team again. Like that's the full life cycle of, of, of wrestling, right? You start as friends, you turn on each other, you get back as friends. It's, it's Liz and Randy all over again in a lot of ways. But in between that, to have a heel friendship, are you kidding me? And maybe bring back DIY, but instead of blue, you turn the shirts black. Like there's some real gene. This is so gene. Man, this is a straight ass slab of meat this is steak this is steak <laughs> with a top shelf ipa and i know a lot of us uh you know we, we get old we get washed we drink wine look i drink 12 dollars bottles of wine but when i go out with the boss at cbs sometimes we get the non 12 dollar bottles of wine and i'm telling you what i can hear jimmy i've tasted that that's life-changing this has the potential to be a $200 bottle of wine. You could pour it all over the damn steak and then eat it up. It's gonna. In fact, I'll carve off what I want and ride the rest home. I'm so fired up for this. <laughs> this might be the greatest story ever. Thank you. Hero. Yeah, it's a, it's a massive hero, obviously. Um, you know, I think it's almost akin to Daniel Bryan joining the Wyatt family and Randy Orton yes. joining the Wyatt family, where you know there's going to be a turn really, really soon. But they just elongate it and they just keep pushing it. And you're like, wait a minute. Like, why hasn't this happened yet? Right. So I don't necessarily think it's going to be that. I don't know that he'll team up with Tommaso Ciampa and they'll actually either be DIY or fight together on the same side of a tag team or a war games or anything like that. I don't know. Um, but I do like the concept of Ciampa thinking that Gargano has come over to his side and Gargano possibly the entire time using it as a ploy to make him think that way, let his guard down, so he's able to attack him and win the NXT Championship. But ultimately, look, we know how this has to end. It has to end WrestleMania weekend in Brooklyn with Johnny Gargano winning the NXT Championship over Tommaso Ciampa, a match you may not see because, BC, you probably want to go to the MSG show. I'm all in. Are you all in? No. Oh, all right. I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna mock Brandy again. How dare you? How, well, no. You have to play the audio for me to do it. How dare you? I've already played it enough. All right. I know, Hero, that's why I didn't do it. Hero yeah. Zero Lightning Round. Adam. Uh, last Wednesday, two o five live had their one hundredth episode and ended with a false count anywhere match between Mustafa Ali and Hideo Itami. That was friggin' hot ass fire. But Hero Zero to whether this match belongs in the show's brief pantheon of greatest matches and whether you think 205 Live will make it to 200 episodes. If you told me 50 episodes in that this show would still be on now, I would have laughed at you. The way that this thing has been turned around, there are few things in WWE history that have actually turned around to this level. It's shocking. It literally is. It went from, I can't believe I ever watched five minutes of this, 
to I cannot miss this every single week. It's that good. This match was great. Top 10 all-time all uh, 205 Live matches. I'm not going to really go higher than that. Maybe top five, maybe? It was intense. Um, it was pretty intense. It was intense. It was a really damn good match. Perfect ending to the 100th episode. A hero that it does make it to 200 episodes. Hero to the match itself. Um, really not much more to say. It was great. You guys should go out and watch it. This Wednesday night lineup on WWE Network, it's pretty great. I really like it a lot more than me. what they were doing. Because uh, usually by Wednesday, to be honest, after we finish this show, I'm kind of wrestling out for like two, three days. What happens Wednesday night? I don't watch it. So with the May Young Classic, which you were not watching, they were doing, in the last two weeks, WWE UK at 3 p.m. Uh, 205 Live, I think, at 7 p.m., uh, NXT at 8, and May Young at 9, or some mixture of that that I'm getting wrong. It was four hours for the last two weeks of WWE TV. Prior to that, it was three hours without the UK. And now that May Young is done, it'll be back to three hours with UK NXT and 205 Live. It's a lot of wrestling. The UK I don't watch on Wednesdays, but 205 and NXT back to back, I'm hanging with it. You know what? If they just if they uh, will stop doing two pay per views in the span of five days, I might actually try to catch up and watch this. But man, to think we've come a long way from this days of uh, 205 Live. You're gonna touch me on MC Hammer, kid. You can't touch this. It's almost as if that era of 205 Live with Vince at the helm never happened. If you ain't talking money. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> the real one. He's back. He was the catalyst needed to save that show. Yes. It's not the way we thought. Maybe. And I'm being very super optimistic. Maybe Blood Muddy in the Sand is the catalyst we need to change WWE for the better. Oh, wow. I, th I thought you were going to say if, if Hogan can come back, then oh, why no. can't Enzo? And let me be <laughs> frank. I got that hot sauce. I mean, he does, look, see, he's, he's really good on the mic. We can't hate it. We can hate he's him. He's good on the mic. He's really he, good look, on the mic. There he's are perfect for Vince. That, in a Vince era, he's perfect. There are plenty of people, and I, I really mean this more about Big Cast than Enzo. There's plenty of people that leave WWE and years later come back, and you're like, wow, they've really stepped their game up. Drew McIntyre being one of them, maybe the prime example, the paradigm for this. Um, I don't know if Enzo will ever be back. Big Cast might be back one day. I wouldn't be too surprised. Size does matter. That is, that is true. In a Vince era, so, that is true. Was this a hero for you also? Yes, you didn't even move it on. Uh, move it on down right. the line. Uh, DM slide from at John Paglio, hero or zero BC. Daniel Bryan has lost his luster since coming back from injury. You know what? When, when Johnny Pag sent this, at first I had like a, how dare you? Like, how dare you? But I decided to really think about his question here. It's like, spoiler alert, hero to a certain degree. Look, we didn't, we never thought we would have Daniel Bryan back. And since he's gotten back, has the booking been deplorable? No. Has he had some kind of, I mean, we've seen a Miz feud for crap's sake. We saw matches with AJ Styles. Like, we've seen some stuff. But you know what? I don't know whose fault it is. Tell me if I'm wrong, Adam. I agree with John Paglio here. Something about it. It's lost its luster. It's a new toy that we weren't supposed to have back that suddenly we're like, I'm sort of like, all right, it's cool. What's what's lacking right now? The organic feel of this underdog? Like, something's not working like it used to. Yeah, it's a hero. I just think WWE, for the time that he was out, kind of moved on from his gimmick. The fans still love him. He gets a great response every single time. They're going nuts. They're doing the yes chant. They're, they're with him in the match. They want him to win. They boo anyone he fights against, including AJ, in that moment. 
um, when he when he said he did it on purpose, you know, on Tuesday night. So he's still a fan favorite. I don't think the booking's been exceptionally strong since he's come back. We know why, because they're building this Miz angle. Um, and, and they're not going to put him immediately in the championship picture. I thought the crowd reacted to him great on Tuesday. But Daniel Bryan was the hottest thing in WWE. You can't necessarily expect him to come off the shelf when we were missing him in the ring, but we weren't missing him on TV. He was with us yeah, for every point. week, and he was heavily involved. So we did. it wasn't like Shawn Michaels where he completely disappeared, and then he came back and we're like, Oh my God, what, we, we were missing this. This is a guy who was around and he was still giving us his character. So there wasn't the longing for him. We were happy that he got back in the ring, but we haven't been given a reason to get behind him the same way. He's not facing adversity now. Once he starts facing adversity again, we'll buy back into his character. And we need a title run, but I think we need a, a next layer, a next evolvement of his character. You know, something like a Chris Jericho has been able to do so well. I think we need to evolve from the underdog bearded uh, vegan guy. I think yes. there's something yes. else that needs to happen to him to give him a chance. I still love what he does in the ring, even if he's trying to protect himself a little more. I love it. All right, we got to roll on. Hero or Zero number four, Adam. Dave Meltzer reports that WWE tried to stop Rey Mysterio from getting on the Jericho cruise and competing this past week. We know that Mysterio now has a WWE deal. You see him on SmackDown. During one of these Jericho cruise on stage in front of the crowd moments, Jim Ross cut a promo next to Jericho and Jerry Lawler on Sunday in which he said, quote, Chris's hair bringing brands together. That stuff that's going on is embarrassing, referencing Vince trying to keep Mysterio away. Somebody along the way is going to create another company, and they won't have to worry about that bullshit. End quote. So, Adam, we know you shot down vehemently those rumors, those sources that came out that said maybe the son of the Jacksonville Jaguars owner is going to team up with Jim Ross and Jericho and put on this rival network next year. Maybe Axis TV was the home. Since then, Axis has denied it. Jericho has denied it. And Jim Ross has denied it. But do Jim Ross's quotes do anything to bring you closer to believing that there's smoke to fire in this thing? So zero, no. Uh, that answers the question. Um, I legitimately do, and I'm not going to do it because this is lightning round. I have 20 minutes I could talk about this. I'm not going to. I'm going to say two things very quickly. Number one, Vince McMahon just apparently reportedly, according to Meltzer, PW Insider, everyone else who you know is decently sourced in wrestling, made a bunch of concessions to get Rey Mysterio back. Okay, he just signed him to a big multi-million dollar, maybe multi-year contract, reduced rates, so on and so forth. Rey signed the contract to work for WWE. It's an exclusivity deal. Vince apparently said. You can still go on this cruise, this booking that you made, because you made it, and I'm not going to prevent you from doing it. But, or, uh, you know, let me let me change the statement. I don't know what Jr. said. Is it is it that Vince wouldn't allow him to go on at all because he was on the ship? Was it he wasn't going to let him go on at all, or he wouldn't let him wrestle on the we ship? We just heard that he tried to stop him from going on and wrestling. I'm not sure. Okay. Deep, deep so if Vince if Vince tried to stop him from going on at all, then I have an issue with that a little bit. If it was because it was pre-done, like he signed the deal with WWE. Right, but that, that's, and a, it, that's almost extreme. And this was a date. Point. And this was a date knowing. Now, if he said you can go on the ship, but you cannot wrestle on the ship. I have zero problem with that. He just signed him to a multi-million yeah, dollar, multi-year deal, zero. made a ton of con- made a ton of concessions. And it's his prerogative for him to tell him that it's his boss. 
All right. What I want you to know is what Jim Ross said, that Chris Jericho is bringing brands I know. together I'm going, and I'm that somebody's going to gonna create another company where we don't have to worry about this bullshit. I'm getting to that. Or I was getting to that. To answer that, I already said zero on that. It doesn't mean anything to me. Um, JR was playing to his audience. He knows what the rumor was out there. He already dismissed it matter-of-factly, as did Access. Jericho joked, but you can't trust anything Jericho says. But so you know why he, they dismissed it, right? Because if they're talking about it for the future, they have current jobs now. They're not going to come out and say, yeah, we're talking about this. It's going to happen. Of course they're going to say there's nothing job, now because there's no deal now. They're forming. There's a, you Of know, course. Oh, okay, but, you're, but, but every smart mark, whatever – wants to buy into like this is I don't again I don't want to get into this whole thing but everyone wants to buy into this crap from an outlet that has no legitimacy to it whatsoever because oh my god we really hope the bullet club starts its own promotion and guess what guys I hope they do too I'm the one that came out after all in and said NWA should hire these guys and pay them to book the damn territory and do every single thing that this report is basically saying they might do on their issue? own but but this report is crap. And even if it's true, let's say it actually does happen. And they nailed this, this website. Good for them. They finally got one. That doesn't change that to this point, they have no legitimacy and right. people don't believe but anything they write because it's, it's all rumor and BS. the website though. The whole point is here is that the time it goes might hand be in right. Hand, it goes hand in hand, BC. Has anyone else reported anything about this? Anyone? Has has is the time anyone right in the for world something like anyone this in the to world. happen jr's comments don't just fall out of the sky and mean nothing there's got to be some fuel he's to playing this. to his audience jr has been in the wrestling business his entire career he knows exactly what the audience wants to hear he's on the cruise to give them fun and his comments saying maybe someone should start a promotion he might actually believe that that doesn't mean that he's the guy at 67, 8? I don't know how well, old he I, I'm is. I'm not saying he's going to be the, uh, you know, the Vince McMahon of this company. My whole point is there's enough smart people right now not in WWE who would like to create a world that is different and separate than WWE where there's actual competition. And now Me we're too, starting Brian. to hear the whispers. And Me too. And when somebody says something like this on this moment, hard not to get excited for it. You're asking me this question and the topic that you and I argued about before the show, fourth wall breaking, is... If this story and this, what JR said, has any meaning to me, no, it doesn't. That does not mean I don't want someone or even maybe want this to be true. I might want this to be true also, but that doesn't mean I take a shred of stock in it. You have to know what sources and what reporting outlets to trust. And if they get this story right and this actually does happen, good for them. And maybe in the future, they'll be better. Well, it's but clear right they now, jumped the gun on this, but I think that there's smoke to this fire. And there I, might, there and might I want be, there to be smoke to this fire. I know course. you do. And that's why you want to keep talking about it. But I don't want to justify something that has been roundly rejected to this point from an outlet. And I'm not trying to crap on them. I'm really not. I'm just saying it'd be something if Mike Johnson of PW Insider reported this, or if Forbes came out with a story or Newsweek or us or anyone, but you can't take a place that's a notoriously to this point a rumor mill and say hey the latest rumor they talked about let's talk about this on our podcast for the next four weeks yeah no I man think this is a fairly big rumor stop though. giving credit but, but okay, it's not okay. okay stop pause you're making it about the report because that's really what the debate about. is about the larger issue do i believe the there's people talking behind the scenes a million percent do i want them to yes do i think jr's comments here 
playing to the crowd or not, have lent some type of truth to the fact that people behind the scenes are, yes. Do I believe the connection with the Jaguars and Cody tweeting like 50 times his love for the Jags? Yes, I believe all of this. I bet you this was top conversation on the damn Jericho Cruise. I think it's going to happen. I'm not saying I believe in this report as being 100% rock solid. Well, no, I, no, no, because you're buying into it. You're buying it. That, this is what you're doing. This is like, this is, oh, I'm not going to get into the political stuff, but this is what happened to the country recently is, is people took BS or things that were concocted and started believing it and creating conspiracy theories and it grew and it grew and it grew and none of it was real. I'm not saying this isn't real. It might be, okay? Me criticizing this report may be wrong. I'm putting that out there. And I'm, this is not hedging. I'm just being honest. But you cannot tell me that an outlet, and this goes for any outlet, that has no history of reporting anything solid and, in fact, gets criticized for doing the opposite, is coming out with this bombshell report that should suddenly be believed as gospel, and even if not gospel, 20% correct, and that we should talk about it for four weeks, and everything Jim Ross says playing to a crowd needs to give it more credence. No, that's not how it works. If you want to talk about the concept of someone, a third party, creating another promotion and getting a TV outlet and these guys being involved, I'm happy to do so. We've already done it. We did it last week or two weeks ago, and we did it coming out of All In, where I was the first person, at least on this show, to say that I wanted it to happen. So you oh, can't tell me that, that I'm trying sword. to put when them down. a long history of crapping on anything non-WWE, don't pull that sword as because you made one comment about Did I or did I not go on for a good five minutes My, after look, All look, In? Look, look, you, you want to spoil the fun. And say NWA hire these guys and, you and have them run spoil the fun here. Maybe we'll do a spinoff bonus episode where we just talk about the future of wrestling, but... There's smoke going on right now, and I love it. I want this smoke to keep building. I want to see flames. I want to see fire. And anyone else that doesn't, you're fooling yourself. You should want competition. You should want to believe this. I would love for WWE to have a legitimate third-party competitor in the United States. It I don't would be think great. you actually do. I think that's, that's really my ultimate problem. Of course I do. I like wrestling. I'd love to watch more. I think of course, you have this weird allegiance, like blood allegiance. I shouldn't say. I shouldn't say. I'd love to watch more. There, there's enough wrestling, but You're I'd love to watch something that's legitimate. That's not WWE. You were very slow to come around here, Jimmy. I, I don't know. I, I question this. That's I, not true at all. I heard Jimmy from day one when we started watching NJPW. I think deep inside. You want everyone else to fail, yet you live in this reality where WWE is not good enough and we're always mad at them. Here's the difference. Here's the difference between us. Here's the difference between us. I want a third party to succeed. I also want WWE to succeed and get better. Well, yeah, but WWE is only going to succeed by a second party succeeding. Let me ask you this. Is the wrestling in WWE better now than it was a year ago? No. <laughs> last year was better. Main roster, last year was 100% better. I'm not talking about storylines and stuff. I'm talking about the wrestling. Okay, main roster product, entertainment value, worth my time. Last year was way better than this year, like without question. The wrestling has improved. The in-ring product has improved. It's it's the same in-ring product with worse booking than last year. Last year was way better. The summer was amazing. Last year was a good year for WWE. It's worse. This it's year. worse book. It's worse booking. You forget how bad the booking was last year when we when we started this show, Brian. Some of the negative comments yeah, that we got were that, were that we were too hangover. negative all the time. Okay, every year from Mania to Money in the Bank, it's always slow. And, and guess what? And guess what? From June to October last year was red hot. June to October this year sucked. Excuse me. I the was last... quitting the damn product like 18 times. Like you can't Dude, rewrite history. The last, the last like month and a half, we've been praising Raw and SmackDown weekly. Right. We came off one of the worst stretches I can ever remember. And then they have a it good Raw terrible. once in a while and a good SmackDown. And we've just been so happy that there's something to talk about. It was terrible, but it was the same bad stretch as a year ago. 
about this guy. All right, let's get out of here. You uh, say this guy, but you know I'm right, and the fans, more importantly, the fans know I'm right. BC, last part of Hero is Zero. Hey, we are auditioning is, the second chair on the In This Corner podcast. Yeah. Get in line behind Talkbox, my friend. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah. With, uh, we already kind of talked about this. With three quarters of the MMA for horsewomen uh, seemingly grouping up in NXT, Hero is Zero to the idea that they'll join, maybe we didn't talk about this, an expanded undisputed era, a true super faction, Across all divisions, that's a DM slide from at Mick underscore Johnston. So Mick Johnston from Down Under, love that guy. I don't think that that's the direction they're going, nor do I think they should. I think that should be separate. If you had, let's say, just Shayna in that group, it could be interesting in a Nikki Cross type of way. But I think that that four horsewomen MMA is going to stand alone. They're going to develop themselves as heels in NXT, and then they will be there when Ronda turns heel on the main roster, and it will be awesome. And by that point, you'll get your payoff of MMA four horsewomen against WWE can't wait. So I agree with you completely, but I love this idea. So I'll give a hero to the concept, a zero to it actually happening. But that's that's some booking. That's See, not bad. Every, everyone books better than WWE. That's the truth. Exactly. That's why we should cheer for the outside <laughs> people to do better. Uh, to close on a field spot, look, it was that trick or street fight on SD Live. I love when they do this holiday crap, even the 4th of July food fights. I love it. It reminds me of the mid-80s WWE that I grew up with and loved. This was actually very entertaining, and you can't tell me you didn't pop for a new day as the brood. Fantastic. People getting suplexed into jack-o'-lanterns. I loved everything. The mist. Like, everything about this was perfect. This match, Adam, should have been on Friday's pay-per-view. It really should. Like, that should have been the, <laughs> the blow-off to end it. It would have been beautiful. Uh, it was honestly great. And Big E as Gangrel with the blood. I mean. Amazing. So good. Uh, for me, the feel spot is honestly, it's just everything having to do with Becky Lynch. Uh, I don't have a single moment that I can tell you. Uh, what I can tell you is they apparently taped a segment after Evolution of Becky Lynch attacking Ronda Rousey backstage, and they're choosing not to use it. Instead, they did the face-to-face, -face, but so far, so good with the verbal jousting between Ronda and Becky. She is made for this role. More importantly, she's made for the spotlight, and um, I think what we are seeing is a true breakout star in WWE, the likes of which... Maybe we haven't seen since Rollins turned heel, like you said, in 2015. I don't know that we've seen someone break out to this level individually in a very long time. It's great to see. And huge Becky fan. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That'll do it. Um, that'll wrap up another very long show, but I think we brought it. Um, keep following me on social media. Uh, follow Adam at your own choice. He's a, he's a WWE fan only. He will not support the revolution. Do not listen to his words. You can I follow me. I'm 9-1 against the spread in NFL picks the last two oh, weeks. Wow. So maybe follow me. Wow. One thing Randy Savage said about karma. Never never forget that. So I believe in karma, and karma comes back on you, and payback is hell. You know the deal, mofo. <laughs> That's true. I'll probably go 1-5. Take that, WWE. Uh, watch Saudi Arabia if you choose. Uh, if not, please go on the WWE Network and watch something awesome from the 90s WCW era. And that's really all I got for you. No, you have to buy Indian straps. No, nothing else. Uh, Adam, do you have two words for people? I got, uh, we're out of time. We out.